Okay. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Ready? Hold on. Hark! It's the Odd Drunk Podcast with Jackson and Bolton. Sometimes just in the That's amazing. That is good. That's All right. Welcome to the Odd Drug Podcast. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> we're pretty energetic this one. Yeah, we're a little, we're a little we, we pre-gamed a little bit for this one. Yeah, we did a little pre-gaming as in, never mind, I won't tell you about it. But <laughs> Yeah, that's a story for another episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Jackson? Well, I was going to segue and be like, a story for this episode is that we are going to be talking about, and you already know this, but we're going to be talking about The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. A movie directed by Robert Eggers. Yes. Eggers. Eggers. <laughs> Starring <laughs> Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson? Pattinson. Pattinson. I think. Or is it Rob Bat Bat and Bat? Rob Bat Because he's going to be Batman. Rob Bat Bat and Bat? <laughs> he and is going to be Batman. And Starring Rob Bat Bat and Bat and way, the Green Goblin. After seeing this movie... <laughs> I have way more hope for him. As yeah, Batman. it gave me faith in his ability mm-hmm. and his ra- acting range to I mean, uh, pull it th- off. Then again, if you go back to the Twilight movies, and you can see his Batmaniness, I guess. Maybe it's just because he's a vampire. And yeah, bats. yeah, but the the Twilight he movies. He is one of the better parts of those movies. He actually to is. Be you know, um, although I have to say, Jackson, I am Team Jacob. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I I was. Werewolves are cooler. I got annoyed than, by Team uh, Jacob, though, because he would always be taking his shirt off. Yeah, but then, you know, when Edward would take his shirt off, sparkle. it sparkles. <laughs> and that was weird. But there's no sparkling in this movie, There's guys. no sparkling in this movie. <laughs> I can guarantee that. <laughs> Unless it's the sparkling of the ocean. And the ocean is horrible, by yes. the way. <laughs> the cold black ocean. I... <laughs> I actually love the ocean. Well, but, uh, I have a, I love and hate the ocean because, yeah, it's fun to swim in it and go surfing. Well, and just that's hang fun. Out. I like being by the ocean, yeah. even when it's stormy and cold. Mm-hmm. I am admittedly a little bit afraid of open water, though. Open water and deep waters. Deep waters. When it's you think about what is in there and what we haven't discovered, deep unknown down yeah. there. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like space in that way. Yeah, that was. That, I mean, that was one of the things that made when Jaws came out, that made people so afraid, is the ocean because of how much unknown it is. That mm-hmm. when you have this movie comes out, that says there's this thing out there that's gonna kill you. In fact, the <laughs> whole time I was out. watching this movie, I kind of was thinking about Jaws a little bit. Yeah, we'll have to talk about Jaws in another episode. Sometime. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it had some similar, not themes, but kind of. It kind just of felt like it. Kind, kind of vibes. Of. Yeah, the vibes. Um, but, so what did you think of this movie? Because I know what you texted me. Yeah, um, so I only watched it this last week. A few days ago. And it was the first time I had watched it. And honestly, it's probably one of my favorite movies now. It was that good. Within the first 20 minutes of the movie, I was hooked. And I already knew that this I was in for a ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because of this podcast, I have now seen this movie three times. That's intense. It is intense. Not... Okay, I love this movie. 
It is a piece of art. But it's not a movie you you can watch. No. Constantly. Like, it's a a one-time-a-year movie. This is no Jurassic Park. No. This is no Big Lebowski. You can't just watch this movie over and over again. Yeah. um. (laughs) It'll it'll take a toll on you. It will take a toll on you, but for the right reasons. Yes. It's meant to do that. Well, this movie, and what hooked me immediately when I was first watching it, was the fact that this movie, it's almost like every... So I I would describe it as it's it's a piece of art. And well, every move, every shot in the movie, you could pause the movie at any moment and take a photo art. of that and frame it and put it up. And it would look like an Especially artistic that one, photograph. That one scene will Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. But you texted me, I guess, presumably right after you watched the movie. Yes. Um, fuck, man. I just watched The Lighthouse. That whole movie is a piece of art. Yeah. So let me tell you about my first experience watching this movie. Did you have nightmares? I didn't. I don't remember having nightmares, but I do remember being uneasy in the dark. Well, just... yeah, it is an une- it's, it's one of those movies, so I'll just say this also about my first viewing. When I finished watching it, at the end, when the credits rolled, I kind of was sitting there on the couch like, okay, what now? Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't sure what to do with myself. And there's only one other movie that I've seen that gives me that same feeling, and that is Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. Apocalypse Now, when you watch it at the end, it, oh, it's over. It's such an intense movie that when it ends, you're kind of just sitting there like, well, shit, what am I supposed to do now? Exactly. And that, that was, I got that same feeling. This, this movie's movie. like a modern-day Stanley Kubrick. It's like a modern-day Shining. It's yeah. It's very similar, actually. Yeah, 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 that's actually a good... Both Good comparison. Based on like cabin fever and just going crazy and just being stuck in a place. But um, when I watched it, I I saw it in theaters, mm. and I saw that the gaslight theater too. Oh, that's which a good theater added to see a movie like this. It that's, definitely added to it. That's <laughs> for for context. The gaslight is this old theater, very small, here mm-hmm. in Durango, Mexico. Yeah, Durango, Mexico. <laughs> I love how that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that will never stop. It will never stop. Because it's true. But it's a really good theater, but it is like an old theater. Mm-hmm. And it, I could see how it would add to the atmosphere. Definitely made it creepier. And after I was after I was done watching this movie, luckily I was with my girlfriend, so that helped some. <laughs> I, um, she's never wanted to watch it again. Oh. At all. And I was like, oh, could you watch it with me? Because I have to do it for the podcast. I don't want to be alone again. I feel like my girlfriend <laughs> might like this movie a I lot. I think she would. Yeah. Um, but after I watched it, and pretty much everyone in the theater after the movie ended was completely silent. <laughs> I've never seen that before. No one was talking. And if anyone was talking, they were like talking in very low voices to each other. Yeah. Um, um, there was a... I was shocked. It is a shocking ending. There is... um. At the same time, though, the Gaslight is one of those theaters where uh, the the crowd there is very generally reverent. More, yeah, I watched. Um, it was around the similar time that this came out because I remember I could I had the option of going and seeing this, but I went to the Gaslight and I saw Motherless Brooklyn oh. with um, Edward Norton. Oh, nice! And that was also a movie where at the end everyone was a like, pretty quiet. Oh yeah. That's a good movie, too. Not nearly as good as Lighthouse. Well, I saw some people walking out, like, with their head down. Like, not looking at anyone. Not It was weird. It is one of those, yeah. It, it's a movie that will do that to you, because... <laughs> um, 
It had a lasting impression on me for a while. And now I've watched it again. Yeah, it's, And actually, uh, I ended up buying it because I loved it so much. And I was like, I have to have this movie. Now it's on Amazon Prime, which is awesome. Yeah, that's where I watched it. But not awesome because I bought it before that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's worth it, though. Um, yeah. I watched it the second time. And the second time, my girlfriend refused to watch it with me. <laughs> and because she won't admit it, but I know it genuinely fucked her. It freaks it her out. Freaked her yeah. out. Like, it messed with her head. Some people just would freak out. Yeah. And she did not like the foghorn. <laughs> and it's funny because that's in this episode. Oh, yeah. The same one, too. I got the same one. Yeah, we, we pulled the same um, foghorn awesome. for the movie. That foghorn. We'll get to that. But um, yeah, we got the some second time I watched it, I was sitting alone. And I was like, why not? Let's just make it dark. Creepy. I was in the dark. I had... It wasn't Kraken, it was, um, I think it was Plantation. I'm pretty sure it was Plantation Rum. Nice. That's usually my go-to Special shout-out to Plantation Rum. Always. <laughs> and a shout-out to Kraken. Shout That's to Kraken. what got me start into rum. Yeah. Actually. Same. Yeah. Um, but I was sitting there, and I got blackout drunk. Because <laughs> oh, I was like, how every time I see them drink on screen, I'm gonna drink with them. Oh shit! And that's like ninety percent of the movie. So they, they drink a lot in this movie. Um, <laughs> speaking of drinking, we haven't yet talked about what we're drinking tonight. Oh yeah, I forgot about. We went straight into the topic. Okay. <laughs> so we we got um, a a couple firsts on this podcast. One being that we don't have any beer with us tonight. There's a motorcycle. There's a motorcycle, yeah. wonder if he's compensating for anything. Mm, maybe. Depends on the motorcycle. True. Yeah. If it's one of those, like, ninjas. Yeah, those yeah. are definitely. But if it's, like, uh, an Indian. Or a Harley. Or a Harley. Those are just cool. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, we don't have any beer with us tonight at all. Nope. We're only drinking liquor. And the second first that we're doing tonight is... We don't only have rum as our liquor. Mm-hmm. We also have some bourbon. So what kind of bourbon are you drinking? I'm drinking a bourbon called Eagle Rare. Um, I had never tried it before. So I did a, a trade with a guy recently where I traded a guitar for a mandolin, and uh, I got him to throw in a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> and he chose this out. <laughs> and it is really good. You want to give it a little little swig? Sure. I know. I know. He already tried it earlier, but we're just doing this for... For your guys' sake. Well, I'll tell you guys what I think again. (laughs) This is the only... Wait. Yeah. This is the first time. Again. (laughs) It's really smooth. It definitely tastes like whiskey and smells like whiskey. And I don't drink whiskey that much, honestly, personally. I'm a lot more a whiskey guy than you are. Yeah, I know you are. Um, But we both equally love rum. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I definitely like whiskey. It's like yeah. my second. It'd be, it'd be like if I had two children, and one of them went to you know Yale, and I'm like I'm really proud of. That's the whiskey, but the other kid is just super fun to party with. That's <laughs> rum, and I have a special place in my heart. Yeah, for rum. rum is for pirates. Rum is for pirates. Pirates party. We love pirates here at the Odd <laughs> Drunk Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it goes down smooth. You get the warmth a little bit later. You know, down below your chest, like in your stomach, it's really good. Yeah, it's and and you've got age a you've got a, even a, a, a special special drink. Oh, uh, I got tonight. something. So I mentioned it earlier. I'm drinking the Kraken, and 
I might have to like pull like a stock photo off because I'm gonna be out of a lot of it. <laughs> but we'll. Or just an empty bottle. <laughs> an empty bottle just to show that I drink it. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but um, it says you. Because you know, it we says always, you, it says you get your your money's worth. We always like posting the pictures. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's the Kraken Black Spice Rum. It's a classic. It's actually, it's more alcoholic than regular Plantation. I did how, not know that. It does how much not is seem it? like it. It's 47% alcohol volume. Oh, wow. That's a little bit more than... That's uh, as much as the Panama um, Pacific I Yeah, have. that's just a little bit more than this uh, This uh, and, bourbon is uh, and, is a 45. And Kraken really sneaks up on you because it's really easy to drink. Yeah, it is. So it is... Um, it's a black spice rum, but it seems to me it's, it's more... Got some sweetness It's more it. spiced and flavored than a lot mm-hmm. of rums are. And also, it's weird, but I've tried their coffee rum. Yeah. Not bad. I'll have to give that a shot. I used bad. it as a substitute for white Russians. It was pretty good. Oh, that could be good. Yeah. Like you substitute the vodka? I, I love... Yeah, I substitute... No, no, I put vodka in it and I substituted the Kahlua. Oh, Because it's subs- a coffee. It's oh, like a I liqueur. See. I see. It's literally like a liqueur, but it's rum. Probably more so. alcoholic than a liqueur. Uh-huh. <laughs> Kahlua's not that... No, that was like strong white Russians yeah. with a little spice. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny on their coffee rum, I forgot exactly what they call it, but the um, it's it's sixty six proof. Okay. Sixty six point six proof. Sixty six point six. Six six six. So it's thirty three percent alcohol volume. That's not too bad though. Not too yeah. bad, but they obviously did that on purpose. Yeah. So six six six. But no, yeah, the crack it is perfect for this movie. It's black and white. It's got the Kraken on it. Kraken. Tentacles. Very pirate fashion. It's very pirate, pirate old fashioned. Seaman. Yeah. Seaman. And, <laughs> and this is a classic. We used to drink Kraken a lot. Kraken's what really got me into drinking. Yeah. Besides, well, drinking stuff that's not just beer. Yeah. You know, when I like, first started drinking, I was drinking just beer. Yeah. The occasional uh, bourbon that my dad would get. Yeah, occasionally. Type stuff of thing. Like that, but um, I didn't cheap, really, really, che- really cheap vodka when I was living in the dorms. Yeah. Um, Everyone was doing But then that. when I started drinking properly, you know, I I started drinking rum, so I started with Kraken. And I also, when I really started drinking, I actually went straight to gin. I remember that. Which I don't drink as often anymore, but I have a soft spot in my heart for gin. Maybe I haven't had any... That I, maybe I gotta find the right kind, but I maybe maybe next. I'm not a big fan of gin. Maybe one of so these next far. episodes, one of these episodes soon, I'll I'll get a good bottle of gin because I've got a couple that I think are really good. Sounds good, but yeah, I love the Kraken, and yeah, sometimes people give you shit for drinking the Kraken because it's cheap and it's, yeah, you know, it's I've, commercialized. I've had a few t- I've had a few times where I've been at a bar and the bartenders and I mentioned Kraken, and the bartenders like, you like that shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, come on, man. It's it's not. It's it's pretty good. That's when you leave. That's when you you definitely don't tip that bartender. Yeah, except um, he was my coworker. Yeah, so I especially <laughs> didn't tip him. <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> okay. <Ooh. laughs> um, but let's get. I'm into, just kidding. So I do tip Jordan. <laughs> I'm gonna get into what I liked about this movie on a film aspect not the story yeah just so like this this movie was definitely one of those, some some movies you refer to as movies but some of them you refer to their films or their motion pictures that's what distincts it from being 
most movies nowadays, and and I love them, like the Marvel movies, they're popcorn blockbuster movies. Sometimes you can get real good stuff out of that. Yeah, but they're still blockbuster popcorn but flicks. But the the word film seems to have taken on film a meaning of like prestige. Art. Yeah, exactly. Of, it's the art side of filmmaking, and this is definitely a film. Like I love Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, but, but that, that's a but movie. it's just a movie. I would not be. Like, it's one of my favorites. That's a wonderful film. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Marvel movies. That's it's a, a pristine, it's a hilarious piece of film. <laughs> movie. But uh, yeah, it is a it is a movie. This is a film. No. This is a motion picture. I would even film. go beyond that. This yeah. could even be considered like an avant-garde art piece. You could consider aspects. that. It definitely has an indie film at mm-hmm. the feel to it. Well, A24, they're the, like indie film. They're becoming mainstream now, which is funny. Yeah. But like <laughs> they are like the indie film, like kings yeah. or queens. But um, so what, what I want to start with is just how it was filmed. Yeah, so this is fascinating. Yeah. So... Well, I don't have the specifics with me at the moment, but um, they filmed it in 4-3 aspect ratio, so the box. Yeah. You know? Uh, so you have the two bars on the side. And off... Well, for one, the 4-3 aspect ratio really made you have to, like, go in, like, draw in... It really creates a sense of... Uh, claustrophobia. Claust- yeah, that's a really good word for it. Um, like, you're, like, looking into this world. Claustrophobia, and it really helps the movie be as character focused as it is mm-hmm. no yeah you're really like having to like look in to the screen and often in many shots of this film um, the sidebars would blend with what's actually on camera yeah so there's this one scene and I and know you, it was intentional it had to be it had to be intentional so um, the lighting in this movie is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Con- especially considering it's black and white. So oh, yeah. It's so black this, and white. There's one scene, Willem Dafoe does a monologue. You know which scene I'm talking about, and we'll get to uh-huh. the details of the scene later. But in this scene, he quote. is lit. <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll get to that scene later to describe it, but just for the sake of the where we're at with the lighting and stuff and the ratios. Yeah. Um, in this scene, Willem Dafoe is lit, and it's a close-up of him where he's doing a monologue. And he's lit in a way where there's heavy shadows on his face and behind him and on his right side the shadow completely blends mm-hmm. with the uh, the sidebars yeah well there's many points where that happens like one instance where uh, Robert Pattinson's character which has many different names we'll get to that yeah um, he starts out as well for a while you don't know any of them. he's names. just lad yeah just or dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, Willem Dafoe's character is either really mean and yelling it uh, Robert Pattinson or he's just speaking in like sea rhymes and like a pirate yeah it's, <laughs> it's just art the whole time <laughs> he's like Mr. Krabs <laughs> did you tell me you saw like an edit of this where they made yes, it Spongebob okay. I actually saw a couple different edits and one of them has a good amount of views I think it was like a million or something but it's the lighthouse trailer but done with Spongebob clips <laughs> And it's in black and white. And they replaced the voice. So SpongeBob's Robert Pattinson. Oh, the Mr. Krabs. That's genius. It is genius. And then there's another one where they take the lighthouse, clips from the lighthouse, and then they edit it as a SpongeBob episode. <laughs> like the one where they um, thought they killed the um, food inspector or the health inspector. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, if, you, <laughs> if you go into it with the SpongeBob lens, it can be... <laughs> <laughs> a really different movie at that Very point. different. <laughs> I would love to see like a whole edit of the movie 
um, with like the SpongeBob music and like that, you know, make it feel like the SpongeBob episode. Yeah, that would be hilarious. like the whole movie like that. I would watch that. Would watch that. <laughs> but um, so yeah, it's black and white, and I forgot exactly what cameras they were using. I could probably pull this up real quick, but um, they filmed it with old cameras, like from the thirties, twenties. Something yeah, like it's that. those. Uh, it was those real cameras that you cranked, right? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So it was shot on um, thirty-five millimeter black and white double um, X five twenty five two hundred twenty-two film. I don't know much about that. But yeah, uh, it was used using native like and 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 cameras. the and the unique thing about that is so. Nowadays, you can make black and white films that seem old. So, like, put um, a filter on. For example, in 2011, uh, it won Best Oscar, the movie The Artist, which is also an amazing film. It's a, it's a, it's a black and white silent film, won Best Oscar. But that, that was a film that they filmed digital on modern equipment, and they made it black and white. But there's something about those old black no. and white film cameras that... You can put as many filters as you want, but you will never be able to quite replicate. You can get really close, but you'll but never be quite there. You'll never um, get quite there. It's it's kind of it's kind of like the similar similar thing to uh, vinyl records and CDs and digital. Mm-hmm. You can get a really really well mastered. Like let's say you have the same exact like remaster of an album. Yeah. It's hard to explain, but yeah, you do get... Or, or even not even a remaster. Just say, the, say, say you like had the original, original master yeah. tracks yeah. of Abbey Road, mm-hmm. and you played it digitally through your phone. You upload it to a played, computer. Okay, let's say you play it through your phone, and you play it through CD. And then... You, and Maybe then, you throw tape in there, and then vinyl. And then you play your vinyl, because I have... each sound You different. know, I, I have my 1969 I Abbey think, Road vinyl downstairs. So digital, and, like if you're playing it through your phone, like on Spotify... That sounds a lot like CD, but yeah. there's still a slight difference there. But then when you go to vinyl, we talked about it before, but with vinyl, you just get this warm. Yeah, well, it's this, it's this idea that um, and it's the same thing with film, with digital versus these old ones. If you're if you're listening to music digitally, you're actually getting a more accurate sound to what was actually being played if you were there in person. Mm. So live recordings, for example do much better on digital because digital is capturing that live recording much better but there is something about the warmth and the sound of vinyl of all the processes it went through in the recording and being put onto vinyl and going through your speaker it changed it but in a good way Mm -hmm. it makes it it almost upgrades it in my opinion it makes it different from the live Um, it makes it the album I mean, I try not to be... And it's the same thing with movies. I try not to be, like, a snob about it, but I prefer vinyl. Yeah. And it's the same thing with... uh, I do, too. Um, But it's the same thing with uh, movies. So when you're you're filming on modern equipment, you can capture, technically, you can capture the actor in the scene more accurately to if you were standing there in person watching it. Mm -hmm. Like a play. You know, so, like... uh, uh, But, like, the movie Logan... Oh yeah, that movie, uh, also an amazing movie. They have the black and white version that you can yeah. watch, and that movie, it's when you're watching it, it's exactly like if you were standing there watching Hugh Jackman, but in black and white. It's 
But when you're using this old equipment, you get this... There's this uh, transfer from... Like you're peering into this world. Exactly. And the 4-3 yeah, aspect ratio really helps with yeah, that. Yeah, it makes you're it like, so you're not there, you are... You're like looking watching. in through a keyhole. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. And especially if you watch it in like darkness like I did. Uh, and it has almost this magical feeling to it. Like, yeah. You know, if you watch old movies, there are sometimes... crazy? This movie had great quality. It did have There's really good quality. black and white, but you could like see all the details. Oh, I mean, you'd be surprised with some of this old equipment. Um, uh-huh. One of my favorite movies of all time is uh, Casablanca. Yeah. It's a um, classic. Uh, it's one of the few movies I own. <laughs> Um, but that movie came out in 1942. They were using these old cameras before digital existed. But it still nowadays, especially watching on HDTV, holds up. Yeah, exactly. It looks good. Um, but this movie, so the way it's filmed and the lighting is fantastic. They use a lot, use a lot of natural lighting. And if there's any artificial light, it's not going to be studio lights. Mm-hmm. They use everything that was used in that time period. Lanterns, candles, yeah. stuff and, like that. And, and that's another thing with also the equipment they're using. So when you're filming, lighting is really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. So um, natural lighting is really hard to work with and get a oh, good yeah. look. But the thing is, those old cameras were before they had all this studio lighting. They had uh-huh. some lighting they'd use, but they used, the back then they would use natural lighting and stuff like yeah, that exactly. far more often, so it just works it better. It works better. And there are some movies such as um, Stanley Kubrick. I don't remember which movie it is, but um, he, in one of his movies, he insisted in one scene they light, it, they light it by candlelight. Oh, yeah. In candlelight, because of the cameras he was using it during the day in the, in the 60s, um, was super hard to work with and because cameras the exposure they don't pick up as much mm-hmm. as our eyes do so you have to light things a lot brighter than they will appear on camera except for stupid phone cameras yeah swear my phone <laughs> like i'll try to take a picture of the moon and it just looks like an orb yeah well <laughs> i mean that's exactly it the, the cameras the, your phone camera doesn't pick up lighting as well as your eyes yeah. do. Studio cameras do a better job at it than your phone does, but it's mm-hmm. the same idea. Yeah. So if you're filming, you know, you can make a really good video with your phone, but you have to light everything really exactly. bright for it yeah. to look good. Um, but these old cameras, for whatever reason, seem to work better but in that sense of obviously. So this movie has incredible authenticity. Mm. Um historical accuracy the clothes they're wearing is everything they would be wearing in the 1890s um all the lighting the equipment yeah as far as i can tell and everything i've gone into like robert eggers he always does have with his he he took the extra steps yeah and you know he really wants to put you back into this time period saying historically accurate well it's accurate to the people 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 use that term in assuming that like oh that means everything that happened actually happened. No, that's not no. what I mean. So I mean everything that we see in the movie that they use. That it's more of it's more it's authenticity. It's, it's historically authentic. You when you're well, yeah, watching it's historical it, fiction. When you're watching it, you 100 percent believe that you are transported to that time. Yeah, exactly. It's like um, the movie Gladiator. 
Mm-hmm. It's absolutely not historically accurate. No. But it's historically authentic. It does a very good job making you believe... I just got believe... that movie, actually. I love I got movie. a bundle with Gladiator and Braveheart for like 15 bucks. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh. Uh, 4K, Bra- too. Braveheart's a good movie, but... but it's not oh, historically accurate It's not. All. It's not accurate. Or authentic. authentic. No, but it's, it's good. But it's a fun movie. I if like you it. ignore all that, it's a good movie. Yeah. But... but Gladiator, <laughs> though, despite being authentic. really historically inaccurate, it is very authentic. Well, you it's really, historical fiction. When you're... Well, also, like... You know, the way they lined up, like, Caligula and, you know, these these different characters, the actual yeah. story characters, it's really bad. Oh, yeah. But it is in its set design and its uh, costumes all the and, weapons and all that sort of stuff. Armor. You really do believe you're watching a film about Romans. Yeah. Um, but with this movie or film, I guess, um, also, yeah, the 4-3 aspect ratio also makes it... It makes it claustrophobic. It makes it creepy. Yeah. Because you're like, if at a certain point, once you really get into the f- movie, you're like stuck with these guys. I, fi- I find a lot of these old movies that are kind of creepy, that are in these ratios, are a lot creepier now because we're not used to that. Well, that too, but yeah, because it's just closing you in. It's Yeah. You don't get to look around as much. You just zoomed in on these characters. Or like one and, one movie, a really old silent film that's also in the four three ratio. It's called The Cabinet of Doctor Caligari. I was about to get to that. <laughs> yeah, this okay. movie feels like movies of that era. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not silent. It has great sound production. Sound, so sound is amazing. Yeah, and we'll get to that. But it, from the looks of it, it looks like this could have been a movie from then. Yeah, it really does. I mean, there's some things in there that they. It would be pretty hard to do. There's a couple CGI. There's a parts. couple CGI, but they look good. They're very well done because they're, they're and it doesn't take me out of it. So the the, C, the CGI parts are well done because they're very quick. They play a purpose, a very mm-hmm. deliberate purpose, and also they do the thing that Jurassic Park did, where they lit the scene very carefully. To make it look more real. Well, and also the black and white helped with that because... Exactly, yeah. Well, and I think a lot of it was practical effects, too. A lot of it definitely was. Definitely seems like it. But, but then there's, there's parts a, that there's definitely a couple have to be definite, CGI. There's a couple definite... <laughs> only a, Only a couple, but there's a couple definite it has CGI to be. <laughs> But, um, you know, with Jurassic Park, for example, they the dinosaur, the T-Rex, looked so real. They used some animatronics, but it was a mm-hmm. lot of CGI, but they lit the scene. It's in thunder and rain. And it's exactly. Dark, so it's, it hides mistakes. And they did the same thing here. Well, even modern day movies, like in the recent Godzilla movie, um, King of the Monsters, which <laughs> it's a fun movie for monster fights. Mm-hmm. I've not. Besides seen it that, yet. it's yeah. really bad. It's really bad. <laughs> I've actually not. But seen if it you're yet, just going but, uh, for monster fights, which what I w- was, uh, I that's was what doing, you, that's what you go for a Godzilla movie. Exactly, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. But yeah. <laughs> the movie was in, and then the first one with Brian Cranston. That was a fun movie. Most of the Godzilla scenes were shot in the dark. Yeah. And it made it look save really, on the budget to make it look really better. believable. It looks real because yeah. it's hiding. Well, it's not just saving on the budget, but it's also like that's a really clever filmmaking technique exactly, yeah. to make the CGI look real. If you're going to have like a good modern day example of really good CGI that's, it, that's not in dark lighting, Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. Thanos. Thanos that's unbelievable amazing. how did good you, that looks. Did you also know, here's a fun fact about Thanos. Um, they had multiple... That's exactly what I was thinking of, They had multiple visual effects studios 
working on him during different scenes. Oh. The scene where he's on Titan, it was a different visual effect movie really? uh, studio than when he was uh, well, uh, when he was um, you know uh, on Vormir. Well, with Thanos, uh, Josh example. Brolin was doing all the motion capture, but mm-hmm. it's just crazy how like. You could see all his pores and like yeah, and it's and it's also like it just because so it was different real. visual effects. He looked like a real being. Yeah, it but so because weird. it was like different visual effects studios working on it, they had to make sure their uh, CGI puppets were synced together. Because yeah. I know for a fact two of the studios that worked on it was uh, ILM, Industrial Light and Magic. Yeah, um, they are famous for Star Wars. No, they're um, they're big. Into they the are Marvel the movies. they are the OG visual effects mm-hmm. CGI studio. They are the guys you get. They're, they're you know Star Wars inventing C- uh, visual effects practically. Yeah. Um, quite literally, there there are techniques in visual effects nowadays that we still use. That that we still use. That even with CGI, we they still use. invent that ILM invented for yep. Star Wars because George Lucas says I want this to happen. Yep, and they invented <laughs> techniques to make it happen, <laughs> and we still use those techniques. But so ILM worked on it, and so did Weta oh from yeah. Lord of the Rings. They oh, worked wow. on it too. No, yeah, Thanos looks amazing, and yeah. then you have characters like Iron Man when he's in a suit, it looks good. But that seems like that'd be pretty easy to do. Well, another example of a, I mean, it's just a really bad CGI effect in general. What's that? But I think one of the things that a different lighting could have improved it was in the Mummy Two, the Scorpion <laughs> King. Oh the, God! The Dwayne the Rock Johnson Scorpion guy That's that comes out. That's some of the worst the CGI. It's so bad. He looks and, like wax. <laughs> and I'm not saying that fixing the lighting would have would have fixed the CGI, but it doesn't help that he's in full bright lighting. Um. <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. Um. Anyways, getting back to the lighthouse. Sorry, just adjusting our. Yeah, uh, we're just, audio levels yeah, there just adjusting me. audio. Um, so, we've talked about the cinematography. Well, a little bit of it. A little bit? This movie feels like a universal monster movie. It's so oh, I didn't points. think about that. That's really... I was thinking about that the whole time. That, it like, really does, though. So, with the shots of like the waves crashing and the lightning, yeah. it was like, oh my god, am I watching like Frankenstein or something? Um, it felt like a universal monster movie, and that just added so much to it. Um, it's just cool. One thing I noticed um, with the cinematography as well is there's only two types of shots they use throughout the entire movie. There are very far away shots, mm-hmm. and there They're are like close-ups. Close it's either close-ups or far away. Yeah. And so you so, and it, what it does is the close-ups help with the characters. You are focused on just well, these two men, but the far away shots throw it in every once in a while. It just shows how like how isolated, isolated. they are. Exactly. Yeah. The close-up shots is like bring in that claustrophobic make you feel claustrophobic to focus in on characters because you only have two characters there's other actors that appear but they're not really characters no the, the closest um, thing to a character would be the mermaid yeah I would, that would say be that the, could be a character but she's not really a character she's, she's enough to be credited with a picture on IMDB exactly but she doesn't but have a role the lighthouse itself Ooh, is a character good. I would argue. That's a good point. Oh, listen to that, guys. Pour in He's another making a little... Pour in another drink. What is that? Whiskey and Coke? Whiskey and Coke. I made a rum and Coke earlier. It's a classic. I, I generally prefer rum and Coke, but uh, whiskey and Coke is, you know... Can't go wrong, Lenny Can't lo- go wrong with that. Lenny loved uh, uh, Jack and Coke, didn't he? 
the motorhead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Um, but, yeah, this it just this movie is filmed really well. The sound design. Um, mm, so yeah. that foghorn that we played earlier, um, it's a Victorian-era foghorn. Oh, yeah, really? It's of that time, and I've never heard one like that before. And this, it's... I can't... Yeah, I when you say that, when I think back, I can't say... I've heard of either because I remember I knew it was a foghorn when I was mm-hmm. watching the movie, but it was very unsettling. Very unsettling and an, haunting. Because it wasn't a sound. But apparently used to. they haven't, they didn't, to my knowledge, they didn't edit it. Really? That's just how it sounds. They just recorded it and that's it. And that's, that's it's very unnerving. That's really, um, Yeah, it was really unnerving. That foghorn throughout the entire movie is like a signal of doom and you know something bad is going to happen. Well, it's like you, you, you mentioned that you see the lighthouse itself as a character. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the foghorn is reminding you of the lighthouse. Exactly. The whole time. Of its presence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the sound design's amazing. Like, every time, every scene where they're not talking, you have some kind of orchestral ambient sounds going on. Yeah. It's always... This whole movie is purposely trying to make you feel uneasy and uncomfortable. Yeah, because so the, the movie... Sound- even when you don't... Even when some... Like, you just see a shot of the lighthouse. Yeah. Like a faraway shot with the waves crashing and stuff. Or even not the waves crashing, just a regular shot of the lighthouse. It makes you feel uncomfortable. Well, it's... there. There's... During... When you're watching the movie, what I noticed when I was watching it is it's a very... Um... Quiet. You... It, or well, at least... It feels quiet yeah but it's not it's, it's not quiet it's not quiet there's a lot of sound effects there's going just, on there's music in the background well but you really get it, the sense that these all, characters it all um, blends into the scene so well these characters are by themselves there's really nothing happening besides what they're saying or doing and then the waves and then the storms outside yeah they're but so it's, isolated. It's like, for example, the music in the movie. There's only a couple scenes I can think of where the music is noticeable. But, but it's always but there. But it's always there. It's always It's just there. so subtle. Unless there's it, a monologue. It almost feels like it's part of the background. Uh-huh. Yeah, it feels like it's it, part of the island. It ha- this whole movie has this dreamlike quality. Yeah. Not a good dream. <laughs> um, it's a very... So very yeah, the sound dream. design's amazing. Um, also, Willem Dafoe farts a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, his character farts throughout the entire movie. And yeah. That, that's actually a plot point. That's a plot point in the movie, <laughs> is Willem Dafoe farting. And apparently, he was actually farting most oh, of the time. Oh, that's great. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, let's get into a quick, um, let's try to do as brief of a summary as possible. Okay. Okay. All right. Because I don't want the whole thing to be some, like the dreadful Hellboy episode where we tore that movie apart. It was pretty much a summary, and then we went through and described why we hated it. We didn't the Hellboy episode. We didn't even summarize. We just went. We just said let's describe the movie and we'll tell and you why, why we, we hate, hate it. it as we describe <laughs> it. And the entire episode was <laughs> us describing the movie. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't us talking about. Uh, how they you know, filmed it or the like, sound yeah. design and the cameras they used <laughs> it was just us going okay first Hellboy does this and this is why we hated it <laughs> now Hellboy does this and, and it this sucked <laughs> I love how we went from Hellboy 
Twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Terrible movie. To a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Ninety six percent. Ninety six. Something like that. I don't care about the percentage. I know it's a great film. Amazing film. Um, though, yeah. Okay. So. Willem Dafoe, and we don't know their names yet. So and, I, we won't. I, and I promise, next time we do a movie review, we'll do a bad one. Well, yeah, we gotta. Well, I'm not gonna. Every I, other one's actually. Be I take a bad that one, back. Right? I'm not gonna <laughs> promise. Please. We work on this week by week. Maybe we'll review the room. <laughs> the room. I would love that actually. But um, <laughs> yeah. so Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, we don't know their character's name yet, so I won't mention their names until we get to that point. Yes. Um, so they are sent to keep and take care of this lighthouse. Yeah, So and Willem Dafoe had, the very has beginning. been there. He's been there for a long time. Yeah, he is the... Decades. The, he's actually, he's the lighthouse keeper. And what they call that back then, the slang term, and he even mentions it, a wiki. A wiki. Because there's a few times where he's like, you'll make a wiki, you're going to be... Make a wiki one day. You'll make a wiki <laughs> one day, you're... Like... <laughs> and so... They're sent to care for this lighthouse, and immediately, um, well, pretty much immediately, Robert Pattinson gets in, they all kind of, they sit down, and, um, what are you doing? I was going to turn on the light. No, we don't need it. (laughs) Um, but they get situated, I guess. They get there, Mm -hmm. and... The movie automatically tells you what kind of movie this is going to be. Yeah, it does not hide it. And that goes back to the sound design. It's not one of those horror movies where it's it's happy at the beginning and then it's sadder. No, it's already, like, sucks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, it sucks for these characters. At least Robert Pattinson. Willem Dafoe seems to enjoy it, and we'll get to that. He really enjoys it, actually. Yeah. Um, His character, at least. I don't know if he enjoyed it. And by the way, they actually filmed it in the conditions on, on site. Wow. It was not a set I can believe at all. That's one of those crazy things where, like, in film production, it, yeah, it's harder to film that way, but it saves so money. So much more authentic, too. It's, it's, yeah, and it saves money. And it was actually just pouring down rain most of the time they yeah. were filming. It takes a lot more. It's harder to film that way. It takes a lot more preparation and mm-hmm. light, how you're going to set up the scene, and uh, everyone's more miserable filming. Uh, but it is... It does save money because... You're not renting a studio, so, you're just going to this place. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so immediate, almost immediate, basically immediately, Robert Pattinson's character finds this mermaid-like totem. Yeah. Figurine. It, it, was, it, it was in the bed. It was like under the pillow or something? It was like in the mattress type of thing, like sewn yeah, in. Yeah, so someone um, clearly there. Clearly left there by someone. Or something. Yeah. Um, so he finds that, and we... Do we get the flashes of the mermaid yet? I No. No, not quite yet. Not quite yet. He finds it and he's like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> but then he immediately puts it in his coat and keeps it with him. He keeps it with him. Yeah. He's like, ooh. And then, and then later, I mean, I would, uh, to be honest, later on, would you keep it with you? I don't know. would be like, cool. This maybe, is cool. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. Maybe I'd put it back. back so just, like, at that point... He's working, basically. They don't talk yet. There's a lot of day-to-day... Just day-to-day work. He's just doing working his, work. his ass off. And by the way, Willem Dafoe's character barely does any work, if any. Yeah. Um, I think he helps him a little bit towards the end. But he's, just like only... up, he's just like up in the lighthouse, like, jerking off. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> he's basically in, he's in love with the light for a reason. Yeah. Some kind of reason. Um, 
So later on, they finally start talking to each other. And from what I've read on set, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe were so exhausted by the end of filming, they had n- basically no small talk. Oh, really? In between scenes. They would film the scenes and just be done with each other, <laughs> basically. Because they're just exhausted. I saw one when the sleep. movie came out, one of the, um, on the ad, on the trailer, it says, this is Willem Dafoe versus Robert Pattinson. <laughs> it's that simple. And it is. <laughs> this is what this movie is. It's Willem Dafoe fighting Robert Pattinson <laughs> throughout the entire movie. And um, so they eventually get to the point they're having dinner. And by the way, throughout the entire film, Willem Dafoe is just bossing him around. Calling yeah. him a dog. Telling him he's not doing a good he, enough job. Because he, he is the boss. But he's being a complete but he's being jerk. But di- he's being a dick about it. Yeah. But then he'll like do a complete like bipolar thing. And then, like, try to be, like, nice and have small yeah. talk during, he, like, cause, dinner. Yeah, because he's, like, he's like your typical, like, sailor captain type uh-huh. of guy. Like, bossing around, calling him dog. But then, yeah, during dinner, he's, like, When you it's know, not time for work, he's then he's going to be nice. offering him a drink. And Robert Same Pattinson's way. character says, um... Uh, I have this written down. So he refuses to drink at first. Yeah. He's like, Willem Dafoe's character's like, why don't you have and a drink? I, I like and that scene, because he does the whole speech, where he does his sailor poem Oh, yeah, he, he does that before every dinner. He does, and, like, and a he, sailor poem. He does a sailor poem, speech. and then he goes, he's like, bad luck to leave it hanging, boy. Yeah. Or lad. Yeah. As he's, like, trying to cheer him. Robert Pattinson's like, I'd rather not. And Robert Pattinson goes over, and he gets some water from the the spout. And it's disgusting, because he didn't, like, clean it yet or yeah. something. Yeah, because he has well. a, yeah, and, and that's where it's like, you know, so he does that and spits it out. And, and you can see Willem Dafoe, he's like waiting for him to take a sip and like smiling. Like, cause he knows yeah, because he happen. knows it's going to be bad. <laughs> but, um, and I love Robert Pattinson, like, New English, transatlantic Atlantic kind of accent he's got going on. Yeah, it's like. Can't, can't quite put your finger on it. Not, can't quite place it. But, but it's, it's good. It's well done, though. Um, and it's then Willem Dafoe's accent, he just sounds like, think of Mr. Krabs. Yeah, Mr. Krabs. Just like a sailor. Arr. Mr. Krabs mixed with, mixed with the Green Goblin. Like, yeah. I'll get you next time, Spider-Man. <laughs> By the way, I love his performance in that. <laughs> yeah. We'll have, maybe we'll do those movies at some point. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do an episode on the whole Sam Raimi trilogy. Yeah, that'd be great. But um, So, he's like... So, Willem Dafoe's character, after Rob Pattinson refuses a drink, he says... Man, what don't best have is reasons... To drink. Yeah. Or something. Like <laughs> There's a lot of things they say in the movie that you kind of have to think about for a second <laughs> to like understand exactly what they mean. <laughs> Basically, he said you you must have a good reason not to drink. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of translate it as you're watching the movie because the dialogue, the way they formed the dialogue and wrote it. This lady back in the 1890s actually interviewed sailors, fishermen, guys that lived up there. Oh, wow. Like around Maine, just the New England area. And she got their dialogue. I mean, dialect. Wow. And it's English, but it, it's, well, it's kind of hard to understand. It's the same way if you go up into the Appalachian Mountains. Exactly. Here in Mexico. Yeah, in yeah, Mexico. <laughs> no, um, you know, people speak a it's dialect that we just don't understand. And I could understand them if I was really focusing. Like, yeah. when I saw in theaters, obviously, there was no subtitles. 
and I could pretty much understand what they were yeah. saying, except Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I did not watch mine with subtitles the first time I watched it. I watched it with subtitles last night just so I could get the quotes and everything. I didn't watch it with subtitles. I watched it with the lights out with a bottle of rum in my hand. So Robert Pattinson <laughs> says, I, I, I'm not going to drink. And then Willem Dafoe says, men what don't oh, have his reasons. Quick, real quick. So when I was watching it the other night, it was also thunder and lightning outside. That's awesome. It really That's perfect. I lights out, thunder, lightning, bottle rum in my hand. Well, it wasn't last night. It was a couple nights. A couple ago. nights ago, because yeah. I remember it was like pouring. But, um, yeah, it wasn't raining super hard. And over then here, later but. on, Defoe talks about how he was a sailor, or was he was he a captain? He claims He's, to be. He claims to be a captain. But we don't know if that's true. At some point, Robert Pattinson calls, calls him out. Yeah, <laughs> but he says. But um, they but they never resolve that. But one of the things he says that it's really, not really drives into the themes of this movie. He says boredom makes men into villains. Yeah, one thing I like about this movie is you know talking about the he claims to be a captain. This movie does not it answers it opens up a lot of questions and hardly answers any of them. Exactly, but it because it just leaves you. It's because it's not the point of the movie to answer the questions about these characters. It's the point of the movie to, you know, almost having these questions about the characters and not answering them makes the characters seem very deep. Exactly. Um, um, but yeah, he says boredom makes men into villains. Yeah, and if you watch this movie, you can definitely see how that takes place. <laughs> um, because think about it. They have, besides working their asses off, and the only one that's doing that is Robert Pattinson's character. Yeah. He's working his ass off the whole time, and then when he's not, he has to listen to Willem Dafoe speak to him in sea shanties, basically. <laughs> sea shanties. <laughs> he, um, he don't speak English, he speaks sea shanties. Shanty. <laughs> but, <laughs> but basically... I gotta um, pull up some of his like poem like quotes. Like, <laughs> No, I have one of them ready. But um, and it's the big one. It's the monologue. Yeah. But um, think about it. All they have to do, all they can do, is work. Willem Dafoe just sits up at the light all day or night, whatever, and then they drink a bunch, a lot. They drink a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um. And think about it. You would get so freaking bored and go crazy being stuck on this island, this rock on this lighthouse for weeks on end without any kind of... Think about it. This is back before anything. This is the 1890s. You didn't even have a Game Boy. If I couldn't have a Game Boy, I swear to fucking God! (laughs) I would probably... All they do... Think about all they do in this movie. Do something else. They drink. They yell at each other. Okay, they drink and yell at each other. They sing and they jerk off. Let's be honest. So when we were living together, <laughs> when we were not playing video games, there was a lot of points where I could, we we did mainly just sing and drink and jerk off. <laughs> well, there was a lot of scenes in this movie. It's like, oh, that's something I've done. Yeah, yeah. You were saying there's a scene. You pointed it out, and I agree with you that there's a scene where they're drinking and they're just standing around each other, just like pump, like pounding their chests and shit. And it's like well, that's when they start drinking the curiosity. Yeah, and 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 you were, and I agreed with you. You were just like, man, me and Colton have done that. <laughs> well, I remember me, you and Caleb done that when we had one fifty one. We like pumped our chest and we. Ugh. Yeah, well, I remember, I remember doing stuff like um, we would, uh, uh, we would, we would just try to do when we were drinking. We would try to do stuff to like 
I don't know uh, how to describe it. Um, be dominant. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, um, uh, one of them was we would scream. Yeah. And, and it we was just scream. Like, yeah, we would just scream. Like <laughs> one person would scream, like ah! like that type of thing. Ah! <laughs> And then Sorry. The, and then the next person would try to, who's also super drunk, would just try to scream loud to assert their dominance. Okay, <laughs> We're not going to scream more, but... Well, we screamed already. <laughs> but, um, so it goes on. There's more mundane work. And the whole movie has this atmosphere to it. Like, none of them really... Not, they both don't like each other. And when they seem to like each other, it all seems to be, like, some kind of play to it. Yeah. Um... And then Robert Pattinson goes walking out at night during this big rainstorm. Okay? Yeah. And um, you hear... Well, no, you don't hear anything. What am I thinking? Um, he, <laughs> <laughs> well, you do hear something later. But he looks into the ocean. Doesn't he, like, fall into the ocean? Like, the shallows, partially? Yeah, yeah. He sees the mermaid. Either way, he sees the mermaid swimming towards him. And at first it's like, oh, that's kind of a normal-looking mermaid. How I imagine it? If it was real? Yeah, you know. You know, it was a topless lady with a fishtail. But then she screamed or screeched. Yeah. And, and it's oh like, my God, it had this. That made me get it's so. One of those, <sighs> it had this, like, screech where, like, the sound distorted. Oh. As if it was, you know, as it would in audio equipment. That's awful. Yeah. That, that still sticks with me right there, dude. That mermaid screech. Oh. It just, ugh, it just gets into me. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so he sees that, and then later on, they have another dinner discussion. Well, often throughout the movie, one of the foe yells at him, calls him a dog. Yeah, he does he's like, like he's not times. doing a good enough job. And later on, they start o- opening up to each other a little bit more. And... Robert Pattinson's character reveals that he used to work up in Hudson Bay area as a, a lumberjack, yeah, basically. A logger. A logger, yeah. Um, so he reveals that to Willem Dafoe's character, and they good don't reveal old, their names yet. Good old Canadian. They don't tell their names just yet. That comes actually way later. Um, yeah, and I guess he's Canadian. And shout out to our Canadian video viewers, not videos, viewers. Yeah, we have a few. We have a few uh, listeners up in Canada. Thank you. That's you know, awesome. Our brothers up north. Um, I promise you, we won't. We won't come visit. I know you don't want Americans up there right now. Yeah, I know, especially um, right now. <laughs> I mean, considering we'll stay away from the now, situation. But maybe when things calm down, I'd like to come visit. Yeah, that'd be I've cool. Heard Canada's a cool place. <laughs> um. Also, shout out to some of our UK listeners. I yeah. did not expect that to happen already. Yeah, UK. Um, didn't your sister live in London for a while? Yeah, she did live in London for a while. Going for a couple of years? Going to school there. She went to UCL. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, she liked it there. I've never been there. That's cool. I would, like, I would very much like to go someday, though. Me too, right? I'd like to go to London, and then I would like to go up north, maybe to Scotland. But, um... Getting back to the movie, so throughout the movie, the F- Willem Dafoe's character, and it's Willem, it's not William. I've heard some people say Willem Dafoe. Yeah, it's that Will- gets me so bad. Willem. It's Willem, but <laughs> Willem Dafoe's character, he mentions that only he can tend the light. The light is his. Yeah, um, He's very possessive. Yeah, he will not let him even get close to it. 
And there's this one scene where he's like, oh, we need more oil for the lantern, for the light. And Robert Pattinson's character, I guess because he doesn't know, and Willem Dafoe doesn't, definitely doesn't tell him, but he lugs huge oil barrel up the stairway. By the way, this is probably the same with a lot of lighthouses because it's a curved stairway, but yeah. I feel like it was on purpose in this film. It kind of reminded me of a tentacle. I never picked that up, but if you, it, <laughs> I can kind of see that though. It looks like a tentacle. They do a lot me. of shots of like looking up the stairway. They specifically make it look kind of weird. Yeah, I think, and it looks like a tentacle to me. And we'll get to tentacles. That's for sure. There's a lot of tentacles in this movie, um, but he lugs this huge oil barrel up the stairs, works his ass off, and then Willem Dafoe's like. Why don't you just use this? And it's just like this Ooh, little... Um, I found the poem he says during when they do cheers. Okay, I had it. Okay, do the cheers poem real quick. Do hey, it for us. Uh, Should pale death with trouble dread make the ocean caves our bed. God who hearts the surges roll deign to save our suffering soul. Let's and, toast And then that. they cheers. Yeah, okay. Ready? I just have my whole bottle here. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to follow. I need to grab my whole so bottle. So say it again. Say it again. All right. Should pale death with troubled red make the ocean cave our bed? God who hears <laughs> the surges roll does a deign to save our supplement soul. Mm. Mm. I went into a Scottish accent there a little bit. Hey, that works. There was a lot of Scots pirates and stuff, and sailors. Yeah, I was trying to do a pirate accent, but I just went kind of <laughs> Scottish instead. That works. Um, so anyways, and I love it. He hands him just this little oil, um, what do you call it? Um, <laughs> I don't know what they're called. But <laughs> I've used, I have them. Yeah. I've used them before. I know what they are. The I, don't garage. Remember, I don't remember what they're called though. <laughs> like the name for them. Or the garage, as some people say in the UK. Or as I like to say, the garage. <laughs> how do, how would an Aussie Gar- say it? Garage. It, Aussie would probably say it's, <laughs> um, it'd be like a... <laughs> I was about to get a little racist, <laughs> but I'm not. It's okay. Go. We don't have too many. I'm not Aussie gonna go listeners. there. I don't actually know how an Aussie would say it. Well, if, lot of, hey, lot of, Aussie l- listeners, tell us how you would say it. There's a lot of there's <laughs> a lot of Aussies here in Durango, Mexico. There is actually, yeah, um, a lot of Aussies, both tourists and people and ones who just live, live here. here. They moved here. I've, you know, uh, I've helped at, a lot at my work. There's a, yeah, a, a guy that does a lot of business with us, and he's Australian. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he gives them this little oil like lantern, not lantern. Um, you just drip a little oil out. Yeah, I don't can <laughs> oil can. I don't know what they're called. I forget what they're called specifically. It sucks. <laughs> but, um, he gives them that, and he's like, "Okay, you gotta lug that down, and then finish all this other work." Yeah, he, he he's <laughs> like he lugs the 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 keg of oil yeah. upstairs. All the way up the lighthouse, and Willem Dafoe's just fans him up there. He's like, you could have just used this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now bring that back down. Also, there. every time he goes into the light, he locks the door. He does. Every time. Every time. And he's nude. <laughs> yeah, you don't A know that at times. first, though. Not at first, but Except later so er- on in the movie. Er- early in the movie, though. There is a scene where Robert Pattinson walks outside at night and sees Willem Dafoe from a Just distance. Just standing there. Standing there with his like, arms spread out against the light type of thing. And he's in his nude. And he's in the nude. Well, <laughs> you know, it's it from like a far it. away, but it looks like he's in the nude, which yeah. he is. But you know, <laughs> you're, you're still at this point, you're like, mm, mm-hmm. confused. 
He has a w- really weird silhouette, too. It's really creepy. I mean, he's a weird guy. I mean, so. he's perfect for the Green Goblin. He looks like a goblin. Yeah. <laughs> and I love I, his big, bushy, bushy beard in this. Yeah, he has a great beard. I love Willem Dafoe. And then Robert Pattinson's mustache was pretty significant, too. Yeah, yeah. He's a good mustache. Yeah, and there's a reason. There's actually a plot reason for the mustache, because they show a couple flashes. I forgot about that. Of him to tell me about that. Older guy. And we'll get to that, because it's towards the end of the movie. But, um, but we'll get, so we'll yeah, get only that. Willem Dafoe can tend to light. Yes. And later on in the film, Rob Pattinson, well, he starts getting annoyed by the seagull. Yeah. And it only has one eye, and that's a key element. Yeah, there's uh, there's a scene I love where he has this wheelbarrow, and it's full of coal, and he's taking it to the, the room for the, the foghorn. Uh-huh. And the seagull lands in front of the door. Yeah. And just won't move, and he's trying to scare it off. Uh-huh. And it's this great scene. It's just like a minute of Robert Pattinson trying to scare off a seagull. And <laughs> so, Willem Dafoe's character later on tells him that not to mess with seagulls or harm seagulls because they have the souls of dead seagulls. Yeah. So at fir- first, he says, he says, uh, he said, "I saw you sparring with the seagull." Yeah. Or, or, sparring. With I don't it. know if he says seagull. Or I he think says, he says sparring. I, I think know that. he says sparring, but I don't know if he says seagull or he just says seabird. Seabird. I, don't, I, don't I think, think he says seabird. I don't think they ever say seagull. Seabird. The they all. They just say seabird. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I saw you sparring with the seabird, and he basically, um, you know, says like, don't do that. It's bad luck to harm. Mm-hmm. And then they don't. Ex- it's not until later in the movie that Robert Pattinson asks him. He goes, Why is it bad luck? Yep. To kill and he a, says to they kill have the, soul of, the souls of dead sailors. Yeah. Who were forsaken at sea. Type of thing. And um, eventually, he confronts the seagull. <laughs> yeah. And this scene, first, you may think it's kind of funny. It was very disturbing to me. But to me, it's very disturbing. Yeah. Because he literally grabs a seagull and just starts smashing it on this rock over and over. Yeah, it was... And birds are very fragile beings. They have hollow bones. Yeah. It takes one solid hit. That was a disturbing scene to me. He just obliterates the seagull on this rock, and that's when shit hits the face. That is when stuff starts to go wrong. That's when stuff really starts to go wrong. Yeah. We get signs of it going Be- before wrong. Before that point in the movie, it was just him getting annoyed with Willem Dafoe. <laughs> and, and getting annoyed with the seagull. And working a lot. And getting and working annoyed a with lot. the seagull. And, at this and then point, the mermaid thing. Yeah, and there's a one mermaid hallucination. Or is it or, real? Or was it? I don't was know it? That. I don't know. But um, We don't know. But uh, it, tells it, us. it was at this point when he kills the seagull that things start so to go So shit really hits downhill. the fan now. And the wind changes. And Willem Dafoe's character already knows this, that something is wrong, and he says, oh, the calm becomes comes before the storm, you know. Mm-hmm. And so eventually in the film, not too far along, they're supposed to be picked up. They're only supposed to be there for like four weeks, yeah. which is a long enough amount of time to definitely hate each other, but not too long. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I could do that. If it was paying good enough. I could live with you for four weeks. I mean, we've lived each other for <laughs> a lot longer than four weeks, as we know. But, but um, I'm just saying, but st- I could probably go four weeks before I contemplated 
killing, killing me. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> well, the night before they're gonna celebrate because they're gonna get picked up. They're excited to get off the mm-hmm. to get out of the lighthouse, get off the island, and they get plastered. They get yes. well, okay. They don't get quite plastered at this point, <laughs> but they definitely drink hard. They drink pretty hard. Um, and it's at this point in the movie where things start to blur. Everything just blurs together. There's, there's a lot of, like, you lose sense of time. Mm-hmm. You lose sense of where they are, when they are, and anything like that. You, yep. just, everything blurs together at this point in the movie. And um, so they drink a lot, and they sleep in late. Mm-hmm. They get super hungover, and apparently they miss the boat that's supposed to pick them up. Did they miss the boat, or did the boat or not come? Or did the boat not come? We don't really they know. Never, they never say that. That's they, kind of one of the guesses that Robert Pattinson's character makes. He's like, oh, you had us drink a bunch, and now we you know, we yeah. missed it. And, um, well, you know, they, they could have missed the boat, but it's also because there's a storm coming in kind of implied maybe the boat crashed. That's true. It could have. Maybe the boat went down. I didn't think about that. Yeah, because um, at this point, there's a storm coming in. But, um, so... And then later on, because it's a big plot point that not only so not, okay. not only are they stuck on the island now, the boat hasn't come, but they have to wait out the storm. So too. they're still stuck there. Um, Rob Pattinson has to do more work, and he meets the mermaid again. Yeah, it's laying, this time. It's beached. This it's time. a beached mermaid, and he starts walking towards it, and then again, he thinks it's like dead. I guess. Yeah. Or he doesn't even know. He's just tripping out. But he approaches it and it gets up and screeches again. Yeah, well, he like feels it up first. Well, no, that that doesn't happen quite yet, does it? Yeah, no, because the, the first time it was just oh, in yeah, the water. Oh yeah, he does feel and it. This up. time it's like he thinks it's dead. He, he like, thinks it's just like a dead woman. He yeah, goes and he starts up feeling and it up. Kind of feels it up, but like, it's like a weird type of feel up where it's like he's kind of just like touching her. Yeah. Like he's seeing like he's like confused. He's he visibly is, confused. But he is probably, but it does. Well, he's probably horny. It's yeah, he's probably horny. So it is a little more <laughs> sexual than is comfortable. Yeah, but um, <laughs> so he sees the mermaid, and then it gets up and it screeches, and this screech is just ear piercing and unnerving. It sucks. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Yeah, it <laughs> it sucks. And he obviously he runs away, terrified. He's like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" Yeah, and he runs away, and then he shows up, and well, the first character is like. Why are you so worked up right now, basically? Yeah, he doesn't mention to Will <laughs> No, he, Well, because he's like, oh, uh, no, it's nothing, basically. <laughs> yeah. And this he doesn't is the, mention this is the to first, him. This is the first I sense of, like, he's really going mad. Yeah. Because this is, and, at this point in the movie, stuff happens, and then he starts going, like, so, something will happen, and then he goes to Willem Dafoe, and Willem Dafoe will say something that makes you question if that thing actually happened. Yeah. And this happens constantly throughout the rest of the movie here. So later on, they, after more work and stuff, they, this is where they get absolutely plastered blackout drunk. Really black. This is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they start drinking a ton. And and Willem Dafoe makes him lobster. Yes. And and they get the lobster. And this is also where Robert Pattinson starts drinking on the job too. He starts drinking because on, before like he'll the, be drinking while he's working machinery. Because before this he was very like only drank when he well, was at dinner. Before this he was like 
you know, I'm going to adhere to the manual. Yeah, he adheres to the manual, only drinks maybe at dinner. Yeah. Now he's drinking all the time. Well, he starts to drink just to, like, I guess to hang out with him, the foe. Mm-hmm. To kind of at least have some fun. He's lonely. He's lonely. And he doesn't like this guy. He's and, like, well, and, I might as there well. Is a point in the movie where they almost kiss. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. That's when they get blackout. But drunk. but like with, so, because because they're lonely, they're hanging out together more. They get they get blackout drunk together. And this oh, is where time for another drink. Okay, cool. Colton's getting another drink, guys. <laughs> but they get absolutely plastered, just like we have. Oh yeah, many 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 times. many many a times. Maybe not this me, bad. Me and me you and Parker. Oh yeah. If we get Parker involved, we got to get him on the podcast, by the way. Oh, that would be so to. fun, yeah. That episode would be nothing but just drunk <laughs> belligerence. Well, but we, <laughs> we, we, could have a, we could have a good... We could still have a great time, and that's time. all we want. Good time and good conversation. Um, so, I have the speech. Oh. The monologue. Are you going to read it? I or will just, when I just, get to just, it. I'm, I'm just getting just, it ready. Or just part of it, because it's a long monologue. I'll read the whole thing. Okay. I'll read the whole freaking thing. But you got to do it in for a really, everybody. You got to do it in a really cool pirate voice. <laughs> I'll try. So <laughs> they catch some lobster, and Willem Dafoe cooks them some lobster, and eventually, um, eventually, Rob Pattinson's character they start talking to him, and I don't want to get into all the details because it would take forever. But they start talking, and um, Rob Pattinson's character is like, "What if I could do anything for a steak?" If oh, I had a steak yeah. in my hand, just a raw bloody steak. And this is kind of how he's talking. He was like, if I had a bloody steak. You know, the I- day after I watched this, <laughs> I had a steak. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, if I had a bloody raw steak, I'd fuck it. <laughs> That's exactly what he says. I forgot about that, but I remember that. <laughs> and, and, and he tells Willem Dafoe's character how much he hates his lobster, how tired of he, he is of his lobster. What's happening? Cool. Light. Oh, I have lights like that too. Yeah. Nice. He's got some LED lights in here. That's cool. Yeah. And so, so what I remember is he doesn't. Me- Robert Pattinson doesn't mention the lobster. He just says he hates his cooking. He hates his cooking. It's yeah. Willem Dafoe that brings up the "You're fond of me lobster." You're fond of me lobster. Admit, admit aren't you? it. I see your. Admit your fo- it. Yeah. He's like, admit it. You're fond of me lobster. I know you like me lobster. <laughs> yeah, and um, Willem Dafoe talks about if he had a steak, he could fuck it. That's how much how much he miss a steak. And Willem Dafoe's like, if, you know, you're fond of my lobster, right? And he basically tells him that it sucks. <laughs> and um, I don't have to. S- and then okay, so here's when we get to the speech. He gets so pissed off that Willem Dafoe doesn't like his lobster. <laughs> yeah. And this um, is this is an intense. This is where the hark comes from. Yeah, okay? and this is this is an, a super intense. Well, there's a couple of other moments where they say hark. there's definitely. Well, yeah, but this is like the big hark. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, there's, there's this, lightning. He does this monologue, horn. and it's like it's a long monologue, and it's super intense, and it's it's the camera angle is like leaning up on him. It's and it's a really well delivered monologue. Oh, it's. A, I was and I, I was entranced. This monologue the scene. was filmed in one shot. Wow! Yeah, yeah. He had that all That's memorized. Impressive. This is this is a it's an intense, okay, almost Shakespearean monologue. So this is the big hark of the movie. All right, 
Hark! 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 Triton! Hark! <laughs> Bid our father to see. See. Okay, I'm just gonna read it. I'm not gonna do a thing. You're not gonna do the accent? It's so hard. You really want me to do it? I mean, I'll do an accent. You wanna do it? Here it is. Okay. Give, give that over. Just give us one second. <laughs> give it. Give, give that over here. Give that over here, lad. Okay, Colton's gonna do it. I'm not as good with. Voice Arr, of, <laughs> oh, there get, we go. Arr. I gotta get in character. Hark, Triton. Hark below. Bid our father, the Sea King, rise from the depths, full foul in his fury. Black waves teeming with the salt foam to smother this young mouth in pugent slime to choke ye, engorging your organs till ye burn blue. <laughs> And loaded with blige and brine, and can scream no more. Only when he, crowned in cockle shells, with slithering tentacle tail and steaming beard, take up his fell befined arm. His cowl trying trident screeches banshee-like in the tempest and plunges right through your gullet, bursting ye. A bl bludging bladder no more. But a blasted bloody film now and then nothing for the harpies and the souls of the dead sailors to peck and claw and feed upon <laughs> only to be lapped up and swallowed by the infinite waters of the dread emperor himself. Forgotten to any man to any time, forgotten to any good or devil, forgotten even to the sea for any... Stuff for part of Winslow, even any scantling of your soul is Winslow no more, but is now itself the sea. And then, great. and then Winslow says, "That's a great presentation." Thank you. Um, <laughs> by the way, this is we learned their names earlier. So, so far, Robert Pattinson's name is Ephraim Winslow. Ephraim Winslow. And then, Willem Dafoe's character's name is Thomas Wake. Yeah. So far. So far. <laughs> it gets very confusing. Yeah, it does get confusing. But <laughs> then, so confused. after that whole elaborate speech, which you did great, by the way. Thank I loved you. it. Thank you. Um, and then he res <laughs> and then Winslow responds with, All right. Have it your way. I like your cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene because it's this intense monologue with intense lighting and camera angles and lightning and lightning and thunder and and then it cuts back out to like this the shot of the room of like robert pattinson's like slouched in the corner all kind of freaked out like all right fine fuck yeah. <laughs> i like your fucking cooking fine yeah. um so he mentions so let's get into this so he mentions a sea king with um a befend arm, coral tine trident, and tentacle tail. Yeah. You know who that's describing? And you know who his character represents? And we'll get into that a lot. Proteus. Proteus, that's his name. I was the trying Sea to, King. Trying the to remember old that. Sea King. Yeah, and because he's a Titan, actually. There's he's like Poseidon's grandpa. Yeah. Um, so, so in Greek mythology, you know, the Titans, they were the original gods. Mm -hmm. So there was uh, Uranus, who's the god of the sky, and his wife, who I don't remember her name, but she was like the god of the earth, right? Type of thing? Something like Gaia, that? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And they gave birth to the Titans, who were gods. And they were the first gods, basically. Yep. And Proteus, 
was one of them, right? I think so. He was the Sea King. I can look that up. Uh, I don't know if he was a Titan. He might have been. But either way, he wasn't Poseidon. And you'd think he would have just mentioned Poseidon. That would have been easy. But no. He refers to Proteus. And if you look at an old image of Proteus, it's exactly what he described. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll post it on Instagram. Let me look it up. So, real quick. so, so, actually, Proteus—he was not a god of the sea. He was a subject of Poseidon. Oh, he was a subject of Poseidon. So he was not. Poseidon was the god of the sea. Proteus but was. He was, he was referred. They often referred to him as like a sea king. Yes. Yeah. Same as with Titan. Uh, or Triton, I mean. Sorry. Um, but so in Greek mythology, often here we go. So it's not just the gods' parents. The first generation of gods. This that- is exactly what he described here. He has tentacles oh, for yeah. his lower half his tentacles. Trident. And he's usually got a crown. Oh, yeah. here's a better image here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in Greek mythology, the Titans were not just the first... Um, this image here. Oh, I see, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Titans weren't necessarily just the first generation of the gods before the Olympians. Um, the Titans were other gods. So the Olympians were specifically Cronus's mm-hmm. children. Yeah. So there are other Titans that had children that were godlike that were also called Titans. Yeah. Such as Prometheus. Who Prome- we, who, we'll get to that. Who we'll we will get to. Let's wait on that. That's important. Remember that. So Proteus is a Greek god of the sea who is capable of changing his form at will. Mm. And that's something that happens in this movie. Yes. Um, sort of. Depends yeah. on if well, you believe what's real. If it, it actually happens, happens or if it's a Yeah, it depends on if happens. you believe it's real. It does happen in this movie. Because um, there, there, there's quotes from the director that says Willem Dafoe is supposed to referen- or re- represent So later Proteus. on... Here's a quote I've written down from Robert Pattinson's character, um, Winslow. Mm-hmm. He says, you're only tolerable when you're drunk. <laughs> and I hope you don't think that of me. <laughs> no. But I know you think that there of me. There are some people I feel that way towards. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb. <laughs> yeah, our old friend. Um, so. Someday we'll get so him on So that call. happens. And then we get the scene... I'm pretty sure this happens after this. They start dancing. Yeah. And singing very loudly. And they're singing like these old sea chanties. And one of them is the song that's featured in the movie. Uh-huh. It's, um, I believe it's called, um, old, what is it called? I don't know. <laughs> Do the let me go. What is it? A doodle let me go. Oh. Hoorah, you lala boy. I, I, really like, I really like sea shanties. They're really good drinking songs. Yeah, Um. so they sing yeah. that. And we'll get to that later. But And then Robert Pattinson's character, and from what I've researched, he sings like a lumberjack song. Oh, really? But he sings it really fast and crazy. You <laughs> barely understand what he's saying. And he sounds like a mumble rapper. And it's honestly, the way he does it, and moves. It's believable. It's haunting. And it's also believable. It's believable but believable, but it's haunting. Yeah. It's really weird and off putting. Yeah, I kinda remember and that, yeah. 
Um, so then later on, it really gets really gets bad between the guys. So Rob Patson's character eventually confesses that I don't think did he directly murder the guy, the wait, foreman. Wait, wait. He confesses to Robert Pattinson. Winslow, his character. Winslow, yeah, <laughs> not him, not the actor. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He confesses. He doesn't confess to murdering. He let him die. Oh, well, okay, yeah, yeah, he does. I kind of I remember what you're talking about. He did confess to that. Yeah. He let him die, right? Yeah. He let like all the logs and, fall and it's on the, him. It's the whole. It's him. the whole scene where he's like he watched this guy die, and then he goes, and the only thing I could think of afterwards is I could use a smoke. Yeah. And he confesses to letting his foreman die and or killing him. It's kind of unclear. I think he lets him die. Either way, that's kind of murder. Yeah. If you let yeah. someone die it's willingly. Your, it's your first real hint that Winslow, Robert Pattinson, was probably... Because he, uh, throughout the movie, they show him as the sane one who's going mad. But and Robert, you start and, and to learn Will, that he was also always mad. Yeah, this is but your. He this was is in your, denial. This is your first hint that he may have been mad. He in was the first in denial. Place. Yeah. Well, the first character, Thomas Wake, he was always mad. He is mad. He's and well, he knows he is. He's well, I think, he's well adjusted like, to being mad. He's adjusted to being mad because it's Willem the first. He's guys. so he's been mad for long enough <laughs> that he kind of seems normal sometimes, like the Mad Hatter. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so he confesses them, but they're drunk. And then later on, Willem Dafoe's character says, Why'd you spill your beans, Tommy? Yeah. And this is when shit really, really hits Why'd the fan. Why'd you spill your beans? So they almost kiss each other. They almost kiss each other. And this is where Willem Dafoe starts referring to Robert Pattinson, Winslow, as Tom. Well, because Robert Pattinson eventually admits that Oh, my name's not Ephraim Winslow. It's Tom. Yeah, so they're both named Tom. And that's actually and that's a key theme in this movie is the idea of identity. So Robert Pattinson's character's real name is Thomas Howard. Yeah. So they it's a key theme in this movie. Um, I saw something with the director. And he said a key theme in this movie is the idea of identity. Of Yeah. You know, these guys because at the beginning of the movie um, it's a big deal to the character, to you know Robert Pattinson's character, that Willem Dafoe stopped calling him Lad and calls him by his name. Exactly. So throughout the movie, they're 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 playing with this idea of identity of you know call me this, this is who I am. Yeah. And it changes um, kind of. So he admits to it, and then eventually, if I remember correctly, this happens pretty soon. Robert Pattinson finds his kitchen knife, contemplates killing Willem Dafoe's character, Thomas Wake. Yeah. And then Thomas Wake wakes up, he farts more. <laughs> he farts a lot. Farts a lot, yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? Pretty much. And he's like, oh, I'm that, just there's a trying part not to wake you up. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a part where uh, Robert Pattinson goes off about the farting. He does go off, and we'll get to that <laughs> real soon. We'll get to that real soon. And... Do we get to the part where they, where Willem Dafoe chases them with the axe yet? No, that hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened yet? No. He threatens them with the knife first. Do they get the flood first? Before that? Um, the flood happens pretty late in the movie. 
That happens after that, yeah. Yeah, um, I think. Turns with the knife. I've only seen it once. And then, then <laughs> later on, we see another image of the mermaid. And it shows more of what actually happened with the mermaid. Yes and no. Or what I, I know you're talking happened. about. So it's talking. You're talking about. So he violates the mermaid. He basically he has sex with the mermaid. Did you notice that was not him? What? It was a guy with white hair and a mustache. Oh, it was the um. And that's why I talked about earlier is the, the foreman. Mus- the mustache is important because they imply that possibly that white guy, the guy with the white hair and the mustache, the old guy, is the guy that was murdered before him. But well, he finds his head without... They find his head, but it's also, like, implied that possibly that that might be him, too. Like, because this is all, like, confusing Well, we definitely know that, um... We definitely don't know that, um... So, Thomas, Robert Pattinson's character, the other Thomas, uh-huh. jerks off to the mermaid totem. Yes. A couple yeah. times, actually. A couple times, yeah. <laughs> and he also discovers Willem Dafoe's character, Thomas Wake, jerking off to the light. Yes. And it actually drips on him. And you see tentacles. That was really, really, really weird. You see tentacles up there. Yeah. And this is where we really start getting into Lovecraft We have no idea what's going on, really. I mean, and yeah, this is, by the way, this is the best Lovecraftian movie I've seen. Yeah, let's let's, let's talk real quick about Lovecraft. Okay. So, this is, like you said. Have another soda real quick. Of course, yeah. For my rum and coke. Yeah, here. Okay. We're drinking cola soda. It's bargain brand. Cola soda. <laughs> it's literally called. Here, cola. let me. Since we don't have any beers, let me give you guys a decent um, pop here. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was um, a good one. That was yeah. So yeah. Uh, so Lovecraft. Um, this movie has heavy Lovecraft vibes. Oh. Oh, those bubbles! <laughs> oh, that made me, that, that was good. That was good. That made me that made me a little horny there. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, maybe. <laughs> no, not maybe. <laughs> We're not going there, Jackson. All right, but Lovecraft though. So this movie gave me heavy Lovecraft vibes, both what it seems with like the mermaid and the sea and stuff like that, but and obviously with the tentacles. With the tentacles and you know. Madness. That reminds you of Cthulhu and going mad and that sort of thing. Yeah. But I'll tell you what it really reminds me of. It's when I was watching it, I was thinking because I'm a really big fan of Lovecraft's writings. Mm-hmm. I always say Lovecraft's writings because I'm not a fan of Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft was kind of a shitty guy. He was, but I love not his even writings. actually not even kind of a shitty guy. He just was. He was. He, he was, was racist, shitty, xenophobic. For but his day, his he was writings, racist and xenophobic. But his writings. But his writings are amazing. And the authors that came in later and, and expanded the mythos. They expand his universe, but that that that's the thing though is that this movie does not remind me of his expanded mythos. Okay. It reminds me of specifically his stories. Of his style of writing. Have you ever let? Have you read a uh, Call of Cthulhu, the original? Yes, and I've read Dagon, and I've read um, a lot of the Color Out of Space. I've seen the Nicolas the, Cage movie. How was, how was that, by the way? <laughs> pretty good, pretty decent. Yeah, because it had mixed reviews, but like I, um, that's probably my favorite Lovecraft. If you're story. a Lovecraft fan, I would watch it. It's probably my favorite Lovecraft story. Um, so the the, orig- the Call of Cthulhu by H.P. Lovecraft is, it's told almost like a noir. 
Mm-hmm. And it's from the perspective of the detective, this guy who's, or he's not officially a detective, but he's investigating this cult and this idea of Cthulhu and all this stuff. Yeah. And he slowly is going insane. Yeah. But in never, other than in dream sequences, which you can, which you question are real or not, he never encounters any monsters or Cthulhu or anything like that. Yeah. It's just any time where any weird stuff like that happens, it's left ambiguous if that was real or not. Yeah. And that's what this reminds me of. It reminds me of that style of writing where they he, he, they never reveal if these crazy supernatural well, things are happening are real. The thing with this film is that you could take it literally and it would still work well. Mm-hmm. Or you could just... Or you could be like, oh, really, none of it happened. Yeah. It was just an hallucination. And we'll get to the theories on We'll get to theories pretty soon. Pretty soon, yeah. Um, Because we're towards the end of the summary. So he has sex and R jerks off and R both with the mermaid. Yes. (laughs) And by the way, if it wasn't for screeching and the weird mermaid vagina and all the creepy weird stuff, the actress is all right. Yeah, for the mermaid. <laughs> yeah, she did a good job looking like a mermaid. And by the way, it's the siren version. Yeah, of mermaids. There is no Little Mermaid. No, this it's is, not Ariel. <laughs> this is a, this is an old sailor version of a mermaid that draws you in and then yeah. kills you and drowns you and murders you. <laughs> um. So, after that, do we get to the part where they fled yet? Or no, they, we get to the part where he uh, chases them with the axe. Yeah, I think the axe happens first. I don't remember exactly when the flood happened. So, anyways, a little later, after, a little bit later after that, Willem Dafoe's character Thomas Wake chases one with the axe, but then he says, "Oh no, you chased me with the axe. I can't believe you chased yeah, me." With yeah, yeah. It axe. says he's chased with the axe, and he he chased him with the axe, and Willem Dafoe, after he like stops, is like, and he wrecks the rowboat. He does wreck the robot. Yeah, because because Robert Pattinson was trying to escape on the robot. Trying to leave. So, Wonderful runs out, smashes the robot with the axe, chases him in the house, and then stops and is like, "You're chasing dear Tom with an axe, and you'll give me the knife." And he breaks the knife and like, yeah, throws it away and stuff like that. And he really tries. And this this is where you start like really questioning what's going. This where what's really really happening. It gets really very confusing. And then. Because this um, happens a couple times. I where don't have the quotes for this scene, but Robert Pattinson's character absolutely... He just starts shouting at Willem Dafoe's character, calling him every name in the book. Oh, yeah. And, and he basically and, calls him out on his bullshit. And, he, and I love, he says, you're a parody. Yeah. Of, like, sailors. <laughs> this, and he calls he's him like, out on his captain bullshit. Yeah, and, he's like, that's bullshit. There's several times in the movies where, like, Willem Dafoe does something... Or like mm-hmm. something happens, and then Willem Dafoe goes tell, back on it and says tells that Robert Pattinson that, that he's he been doing it. it. He like, like there's the part him. where um, where uh, it's the storm, and Willem Dafoe is all worried about rations and stuff, and and Robert Pattinson's <laughs> like, "I'll take the dory out." Oh, by the way, wait, and, wait, and, wait, wait, and, wait, 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 and and then and then Willem Dafoe is like, "You've been saying this for two weeks now." He's like, "Wait, it's only been like a day." Yeah, and, and, <laughs> but but then later on in the movie they imply that only actually has been like a day. It's, mm-hmm. it's really weird. Um, and oh, by the way, when we get to rations, the rations are actually just liquor. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rations are liquor. And that's when they get blackout drunk and all the dancing and the lobster and the big speech happens. And then they run out of drinks. So you know what they do then? They start drinking kerosene. Straight kerosene. Yeah. Which we're not quite there yet here. <laughs> no. We're, we're not. <laughs> we still got some whiskey and some rum. We're not drinking kerosene yet. <laughs> Maybe someday. And that's when they beat the chest. Yeah. And scream and yell. And eventually the axe <laughs> chase scene happens. And then Robert Pattinson's character tells him off. Tells him when, I mean, Thomas Wake off. And Thomas Wake is like, well, you sure have a way of words, Tommy. Yeah. I love that part. <laughs> Tommy. And then they... He... He makes him act like a dog. Robert he beats Pattinson, him. He Robert, starts beating him up. Robert Pattinson does to Wilma Defoe. Right? Yeah. So yeah. he starts beating him up. And when he starts beating him up, when he gets him on the ground, first he transforms. This is either an hallucinization or real. We don't really know. But either way, he transforms into the mermaid. Then he transforms into the foreman, the blonde guy. I guess he's blonde. It seems like it. I didn't. I, mean, black and white. I did not see it as him transforming. I saw that it was flashing between images. Well, either way, as if he was hallucinating and shit. But if he wasn't, he was transforming. Yeah. If it was real, he was actually transforming to the mermaid, mermaid, then the foreman in Canada, and then he transforms into exactly what looks like Proteus. And as I mentioned late earlier, Proteus is the Greek god of the sea. Mm-hmm. That is known to change shapes and forms. Yeah, and that's Willem Dafoe, right? And if you want to take it literally, then he is Proteus. Yeah. Because in one scene, in like just a quick scene, you see Willem Dafoe, Dafoe in the nude with light shining out of his yeah, eyes. Yeah, it's like a Greek god pose. He looks like a Greek god. Yeah. And <laughs> it's so freaking weird. I mean, and it's, I, and it's not explained. I mean, it's let's, really be quick. On, let's be honest. I'm convinced Willem Dafoe possibly is a Greek god. Like a mad Greek god. Like Percy Jackson style. <laughs> like, you know, how Sean Bean is a Greek god. Um, you know, Willem Dafoe's up there too. He's just not ever met. <laughs> he's just not ever mentioned in the Percy Jackson movies because they're kind of embarrassed of him. Because he's mad. He's a mad Greek god. If he but is. he is a Greek god though. And so that scene, I think that scene flashes earlier, actually. But you see him mm-hmm. transform, and then you see the tentacles. And behind Robert Pattinson's character, the tentacles, and he beats him to death. Well, not to, quite to death. And the tentacles try to choke. Like get him. They try to choke, choke him. Robert Pattinson. And those look good, by the way, the yeah. way they did it. Um, and then anyways, he's like, okay, you're a dog. Bark. And he barks. And he, he makes him act like a dog. And he acts like a dog, yeah. And he walks him to this hole. And he tries to bury him alive. And he's like, give me the keys to the lighthouse. Just let me see the light. Yeah, well, he starts burying him. And then once Willem Dafoe, he thinks he's dead, he takes the keys. He takes it. Well, before that, he pleads to see the light. Just please let me see the light. Yeah. And he buries him. And Willem Dafoe tells him. I don't have the quote here, but I have basically what he said. So he tells him that he mentions Promethean plunder. Mm Mm-hmm. And that he tells him he will see divine and ancient knowledge, basically. And he tells him, from seeing that, he will be punished. 
Yeah. So and and, the, and that plays into Robert's hat, Pattinson representing Prometheus, and we'll get there. And we'll get there. We're about to get there. So yeah. Robert Pattinson kind of buries them a little, uh, mostly, but then he gets the keys and he starts to go get to the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. To get to the bottom, of the he goes up. He goes and up, and then Willem Dafoe comes out of nowhere, and it really freaked me out. Yeah, he, he comes out with the axe. axe, and he hits him in the shoulder. Actually, he does. I'm like, oh, is he gonna kill him? He digs it right into Robert Pattinson's shoulder, and out. And then Robert Pattinson, but then Robert Pattinson gets it out, gets and, it out, and, and then he, takes the axe and he kills, smashes, he kills Willem Dafoe, smashes it in his head. He smashes his head. Yeah, and in the ending scene. Yeah, so he walks up. He goes up to the lighthouse. So he slowly walks up, and the music is really ominous, and you hear the foghorn. Mm-hmm. And he walks up, and then he gets up to the top, and his face is covered with, like, mud or tar or something. Yeah. Which plays into this. And he gets to the top, and the door <laughs> opens by itself. Yeah. The door just <laughs> opens, and he stares into the light. And first he's just, like, his eyes are wide open kind of has a neutral look on his face and then he starts screaming slash and or laughing he starts screaming laughing just hysterical just, just like yeah he becomes madness. hysterical yeah and this part of the movie and a lot of parts in movies really freaked me out but this part of the movie freaking shook me yeah it was really weird and I'm a horror movie guy and then I'm a horror movie guy yeah yeah I'm, I'm, not, horror I'm not as much of a horror movie guy and I wouldn't say this is just a horror movie it is no, but it's, it's it's not psychological. It's I would not it's classify it as a horror movie parts. in the traditional it's sense. It's so weird. Well, just yeah. like The Shining, I wouldn't classify it as a traditional horror movie. Yeah, but it's definitely fucking. It's, yeah, it fucks with you. It's scary. Yeah, this movie fucks with you. Um, um, and I remember your girlfriend was talking about how oh, The Shining is really scary, but she hasn't seen the whole thing. She's seen the whole Shining. Oh, has she? I made her. She had never you made seen, her. She had never seen it. Well, it's the type it. of movie. Well, I think this was before she's seen it. She was talking about it. Maybe, yeah. And she's like, oh, it doesn't seem that scary to me. But And I was like, if you think about the implication and like what really happened and like the ending, it's like, it the, really the fucks best, with you. The best horror movies are not jump scares. They're not mm-hmm. horror movies that make you scared. And jump scares the have their place. They have their place and they have their... And some good horror movies have that. Yeah, some horror movies have that. And some horror movies... Say like the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Mm-hmm. They're not movies that make you freaked out at night. They're in the moment. They're in the moment, and that has it. You have those like, types of movies have its place. But my favorite horror movies, because I'm not a horror movie guy, but the ones I do like, are the types of horror movies where they're not necessarily that scary in the moment, but they make you think about it. Exactly. And The and Shining is one of those. You do have some horror movies which I think are scary in the moment. But you don't really think about it as much. But like the original Halloween movie. Yeah. So when Laurie Schrode takes on Michael Myers, she like jabs him eye. He's like on the ground. She thinks he's dead. And then you see him slowly rise up. Yeah. Like that's really creepy. There, there, there's, there's, there's in the moment like ones, that. there are moments that are really good. Like, um, and also I recently watched Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Yeah. And maybe we'll cover that that's later It's actually on. a good movie. It's a good movie. It's like, really, he, and Robert England does a great job. As yeah. Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's creepy. He's just weird. Yeah, and it's perfect. You hate him. Absolutely weird, But you love him at role. the same time. It's perfect for the role. But that yeah. movie, that creeps me out, too. But it, this movie... Yeah, the mermaid parts kind of freaked me out. But then what really scared me was this ending. This ending Robert is Robert Pattinson's freaky. character 
just so, screams. And so then the his, scream starts getting distorted. Yeah. Yeah, as it, it w- is as it would through actual audio this, equipment. It's not a natural it's scream. It's not just that though, but this really hit me th- so hard because I've been in legitimate freaky nightmares, like lucid dream nightmares. Yeah. Where I try to wake myself up by screaming in the nightmare. And then my scream will get distorted just well, it's like exactly that. that because he's screaming and they distort it like that because it's not a natural yeah. scream. It's not something and, you would ever hear in real life. And that and that's what I makes it so unsettling. Theaters, when that when I saw that in theaters, I was fucking messed up for a while. Yeah. And when I walked out, it was dark already. It was during the winter too, so it was really dark. Yeah. And um, oh. And I got home, and this is before I was living with my girlfriend, so I was just by myself, and <laughs> ugh, it sucked. And I just thought about that was stuck in my mind, and, and I'm not as freaked out anymore because I'm more desensitized to it because I've seen it three times. But oh my god, I had to turn it down at that part because yeah. I knew what was coming. That you was, didn't. That was when that was when I. Uh, and then after when that, I watched The Shining with my girlfriend because I had seen it before. Yeah. But she was her first time watching it. We were in the dorm halls. So it was like hotel like, uh huh, because of their dorms, and I was at her dorm and we watched it, and then it was a sort of thing where like, okay, was, what do we do now? Well, what? well, well, it was a sort of thing where I was like, okay, I gotta go get some sleep, so I left. Yeah, <laughs> and I left her to be in the dorms, in these long hallways, <laughs> after well, watching The Shining. <laughs> I can honestly say, out of all horror movies or psychological, whatever you want to call it. This movie had me the most shook. Yeah. In recent memory, at least. And that's that's what I think makes a good horror movie. And I would classify this as a horror movie because my favorite horror movies are the ones where it's not in the moment that they're scary. It's they shake you. Well, I will say, and in the are, moment... And those are few and far between. <laughs> yeah, there was the moments in the moment. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah, there was a few moments where I was like, what the fuck is oh my going God. on? Oh my God. But, and then the <laughs> screaming with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And he looked like a puppet. It was so weird. He looked so yeah, weird. It was really, really It was weird. really unsettling. And then, so the scream. And then he... he and then he, he falls scr- down Yeah, the and stairs. then he screams, and then the scream just cuts off, and he it just falls. Cut, and that's what makes it more disturbing. It just cuts off. Yeah, and then it falls down He falls, he falls down all the, the way stairs. down the stairs. And then it jump cuts basically to the scene with him lying. lying well, there's the... a, there's a few like little shots that they jump between. Well, yeah, but basically but it jumps to you him... get to the scene with him lying on the rocks, completely in nude. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was undressed at some point, and you see the seagulls eating his guts, eating his guts like Prometheus, exactly like Prometheus, exactly like Prometheus. And, and, and that's the, the end of the movie. That's the last shot in the whole movie. And then it doesn't stop there, though, on horrifying you. And you wouldn't think the song would be horrifying. Yeah. But the way they do it and how loud it is and just it's just like in your face. They play the Doodle Let Me Go song. It's an oh, old folk song. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if we'll be able to play it or not. It is a folk song, but I don't know if we'll be able to play that version no, probably not. That's tricky. No, we wouldn't. But just look it up. Doodle, let me go. And oh my god, <laughs> it is freaking weird and disturbing. Yeah. Um. So after that, <laughs> <laughs> we need a shot. Okay. Yeah. 
We need a decent shot after that. Just thinking about it. Alright, alright, we're gonna clean Sriracha. 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 I said Sriracha. Alright then. Sriracha. (laughs) Sriracha. Prost. Prost. All good things. All good things. (laughs) We normally say Sriracha. Sriracha. I said Sriracha. We we probably butcher that pronunciation. Oh yeah. But it's Irish. (laughs) But that scene just fucked me up so hard. And that's when I was like, this movie, it's not just a piece of art. It's not just a great movie, but it's it's one of my favorite movies. I'm not going to watch it a bunch because it's well, messed it's, up. In the, in the I do want to watch it with you. We should do that sometime. Where but we can talk about it It's in stuff. the same way that Schindler's List is an amazing uh, movie, but you can't just watch Schindler's no. List all the time. It's so heavy. Exactly. It's like it takes a heavy toll on your... Psych. Your soul. Your soul. <laughs> when you watch so it. So that happens. And that's it. That's, that's the movie. And that's the end of the movie. It doesn't explain anything. Yeah. It just happens to you. And this whole movie just happens to you. And it makes you feel uneasy and, that's, and uncomfortable. And that's the weird... And that's the thing about this movie that makes it so great is everything about it is designed to make you just feel uneasy. None. There's there's very few scenes that are straight up scary. So... There's a few well, scenes... Well, no, it's... There's a the, few the scenes that are... Is, the whole movie is creepy and unsettling, but it's not like... Scary. Yeah. There, the, personal, personally, there were no scenes that made me like be like, oh my god. But there, the entire movie worked together to make me, throughout the entire movie, I was very uneasy. The only parts that scared me, but this, especially my first viewing, was the mermaid screeches and then the ending. Yeah. And then, actually, what's funny... The ending freaked me out. The ending, oh, oh my god. god. Not in, not in I was scared, but I was like, it's I like, did what not. what do you do? I did not see that coming. And that's what I mean when I said earlier, when it's like, the only other movie I've ever seen that and makes me feel that, feel that way is Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Apocalypse Now, when and it that's ends. Not a, well, you could, you could put that in horror genre Apocalypse Now, it, I wouldn't describe it as a horror, but, but it's it, definitely it fucked is, up. It is about madness. Yeah, it's madness. Um, but Apocalypse Now... We is a, should review that down the line. Oh, that would be fun, yeah. Um, but Apocalypse Now is one of those movies where when we watch it, when I, when I watch it, it's like when it ends, I'm just like... Oh my God. Well, oh what my do God. I do? Like, what the fuck? What, like, do I, what, what do I do now? I'm, I'm just in this mindset of like, I don't even know what I should be thinking right now. Yeah. I don't know what I should be doing right now. I had to watch um, cute puppy and kitty videos after the movie <laughs> on my first viewing. <laughs> That helped, but yeah. Um, but it's like when I watched this movie, I sat on the couch for fifteen minutes, just sitting there, just being like, um, and um, then not, like, <laughs> dude. Like a week or maybe two weeks later, I saw the teaser with Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yeah, and he has some Batman moments in this movie, and let me explain. Okay, so there's a couple moments where he's in the background while Willem Dafoe's doing something. Yeah, and then Willem Dafoe looks back because he hears oh, him, and then and Robert gone. Pattinson is gone. Yes, I remember. I I, I caught those. I was moments. like, oh my god, that's a Batman thing. Yeah, I was. Uh, so the next day after I watched this movie, I called my mom. Oh my! <laughs> well, I was there. Like, you go. <laughs> I, I keep in touch with my mom. That helps. I, I love my mom. Mom, I love you if you're listening. That's good. And that's she nice. she doesn't listen to these. <laughs> I love my mom. She has better things to do. Yeah. Um, what, uh, but uh, other uh, listeners also, better have Also, not. in case she's listening, Jackson's mom, Michelle, I love you, too. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, I love. Just, I love everyone's mom. Just in, yeah, I love all. <laughs> I love all of the moms. 
But but uh, I so called I called mom. I called my mom and I told her because I was like, you this is it? this is a movie she would dig. Yeah. I was like, I was like, this is good. She's an art. She's an artist. Yeah. She went to art school and, and everything, and it's artsy. And she likes horror films, but in the same way I like horror films, where she doesn't like just. It has to be a good movie. Yeah, yeah. She she likes horror films that really play with the mind. Yeah, and this definitely does that. So I called her and I told her about it, and I remember on the phone with her being like, also, because I I told her about it, and she was like, who's in the movie? Because she yeah. had never even heard of this movie before. Yeah. And she's like, who's in the movie? I'm like, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. She's like, like Twilight? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, what, 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 what has she, he hasn't, he hasn't been in much since then. Well, he and has. He has, but it's been very indie, indie stuff. He's um, been in a lot of, I want to check out some of his other movies. Yeah, um, I would, I would like to too. Um, maybe we'll do a Robert Pattinson episode. He's a good actor, actually. He actually um, is really good. Even, even, even pre-Twilight when he was like in Harry Potter. He was in Harry Potter, yeah. He was he was good. He was cool. He, he was good in Harry Potter. He was the Potter. cool guy. He, he was well, a Hufflepuff, wasn't he? He was. But he was like he was good in Harry Potter. It's just Twilight was just a, such a shittily written movie <laughs> that it, well, I almost want to say it wasn't his fault. I do want to do a whole thing on the Twilight series, and I mentioned to that you. Oh, that would be fun. Um, yeah. The first Twilight does have this whole like indie like kind of cult classic vibe. Yeah, and kinda. then after that, they like milk it. Yeah, and it really gets bad. Yeah, the um, first one's bad, it is but bad. in a good way. But it's like of. you can kind of live with it. But then, oh my god. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but what I was saying to her is, I was talking to her. She's like, he hasn't been in many big films. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but he's gonna be Batman. And I, I remember saying to her the day after, I, like the next morning after I watched this movie, being like, this film has restored my faith in Robert Pattinson. Yeah. To do a, that, I think he can do a good job as no, Batman. he's legit, and because this yeah, this is the he, first film I've seen in a while that he's been in, and I was like, wow, he's yeah, good. He, I think he's, he's gonna really be a good, good Batman. I think um, so. Yeah, he's the well, he said that he's gonna be the scariest Batman, and I can I, see that now. I hope so, because he's pretty freaky in this movie. Yeah, so and, well, uh, I hope I hope they do a scary Batman because like Tim Burton played with the gothic theme of batman but he wasn't like a scary but he batman. didn't make batman himself scary and gothic yeah he just it was a fun gothic and christian bale's batman was kind of scary but but it, he was still like it was um, so different yeah it was so different that it's like this is gonna be both gothic and batman's gonna be gothic well it's because in the comics dark in the comics at least what's considered the good batman comics yeah batman and his whole gotham and the universe and his villains are all very gothic horror well, even also, batman himself batman himself even though he's a hero and he does good he is psychotic he is and he i can see robert pattinson insane. robert pattinson could do that so well yeah um, I, I think he'll do a good job and also we've talked about it earlier in a different episode michael keaton possibly is going to be Batman oh, again. I would love Michael Keaton to play Batman So that's going to be awesome. That would be awesome. But let's I've, get into... I've heard some other rumors about uh, different villains and stuff that people want to play. One that I saw that is really good casting. And it's not a confirmed thing. It's just a rumor. Okay, what is that? Slash fan wish. Is people want Dave Bautista to play Bane. Oh my god. Wouldn't that be perfect? He'd be a great Because he's actually like... Not now, would white? he be, like, the stupid, like, comic Bane? Like, comical? Or would he be, like, oh, a good I, Bane? I think if <laughs> like, he... I think, serious. I, I think he would be a serious Bane, because in the comics, 
Bane is not a stupid guy. Well, it's funny because the Christopher Nolan Bane did get it right on like that Bane is actually a really good strategist and yeah. he's basically like so, a, he's basically an anti-Batman. Yeah. So like yeah, Tom Hardy did a great job as Bane, but at the same time, but I, he did a good job as Bane in the context of the movie he was in. A realistic Bane. A realistic... What I want to see... The Christopher Nolan Bane. What I want to see is a Bane that has that intelligence, but also the comic book strength. Yeah. And like, crazy well, stuff. And he, even, like, they played it in a realistic sense. Tom Hardy had that strength. But at the same time, it's well, like... Well, he was definitely, like, crazy strong, but he was still, like, human. He was still human. But, you know, keep in mind, in the comics, Bane ain't white. No, he's, like... With, Latino. He's Latino of some sort. I don't remember. Uh, I want to say he's like... I think it's a made-up country. Yeah, I don't remember. But he's he's not white. And a lot of people had a problem with Tom Hardy playing Bane because Bane, Tom Hardy is like a super white well, guy. Well, he was like an Eastern Euro- <laughs> European Bane, yeah. basically. It was, it was weird. He was vaguely Eastern European. It worked European. really well in the context of those movies. But in the context of any other Batman movie, Tom Hardy would have well, been awful as Bane. I don't want us to be a movie podcast... But I want us to do that trilogy at some point. Oh, the Dark Knight trilogy. I would love to do that. If anything, just as an excuse. Or at least excuse, just the Dark Knight. If anything, just as an excuse to watch that trilogy again. Because I, I love know. those movies so much. <laughs> even, even The Dark Knight Rises, which is the weakest one, is still great. It's still pretty good. Yeah. I love it. Um, um, I had when I was a kid, I had the Tumblr um, for my I like figures. the Tumblr. Tumblr is a good Batmobile. I like and it I, because it does its own thing. And I, I agreed. And I had the 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 little playset that was for my Batman action figures. Oh, yeah. So it's like I can put my Batman into the Tumblr. So nice. it was like this thing. It was this big, and I and I could put my Batman. I have open up put Batman so in. I have a little Hot Wheels '89 Batmobile. Oh, that's pretty cool. And then I have an animated series like 124 scale. Ooh. And someone got it for me for my birthday, one of my coworkers. Oh, wow. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, let's get to the theories. Oh, yeah. Back so to- my personal theory, and it's one of the major theories, and I think it's what's meant to be. Yeah. But it, you could, you anyone could take this movie in a different way. Yeah. Um, from a different perspective. I believe it's a retelling of the story of Prometheus. It makes a lot of sense because so Prometheus he stole fire in the sense of the movie it would be the him, fire is the light it's the lighthouse and then he was punished. And as mentioned earlier the light grants you Promethean plunder and knowledge but you will be punished. And so what I believe happened when he looked at the light if you want to take it literally like that it actually happened. Yeah. It was actually like magic or this is an actually, god or something. It's supernatural in some sense. Like a Lovecraft thing. Um, he looked at it and he saw everything. All knowledge about everything. Yeah. And he went in and he just... And it absolutely it just, <laughs> made him go crazy, it, obviously, because no human can comprehend that. It's cra- like crazy. a lot like Lovecraft. Like when someone even looks at Cthulhu... Or yeah. a many Lovecraftian gods. They they just go they, they go, go mad. They go mad, but not just to the sense where they're just a mad person. Well, mad, it's not because they're mad. horrified about like they a big can't, tentacle they monster. They can't understand. They can't, they can't comprehend. And it's like mad to the point where they can't even function anymore. Exactly. And, like they're brain well, dead. It's, it's the idea in like a uh, in some versions of Christian and Judaic mythology. And that's why I say not only because of the tone and the style, but even the themes itself. 
this is one of the best yeah. Lovecraft adaptations I've seen. Well, it's, it's, Even it's, though it's not a Lovecraft it's story similar, specifically. It's similar to the idea in some Judean and Christian mythologies that if you were to gaze well, upon God's true form, okay. you as a mortal would not even be able to Let's mentally go to the Bible real quick. handle it. You wouldn't be able to handle it. So in Genesis, I think, I believe, maybe I don't know. Adam and Eve. So if it's Adam and Eve, it would, it would be Genesis. Yeah. So Eve bites from the fruit from the tree of knowledge. Yes. And obviously, Adam and Eve and all of humanity ever since then gets punished. So from what I believe, so in, in the actual Bible... The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. So That's it's, what it is. Yeah, specifically that. They never say it's a tree of knowledge, it's, it's a tree of good and evil. So it's the idea that... So they're in the Garden of Eden, and they only know good. And it's similar to this telepromethean um, fire. Yeah, until they so, but, tar- partake, and then they know evil. But if you, and suddenly, because they know evil, it's in their soul. Mm-hmm. They can't be in the garden of good. Yeah, exactly. Well, the garden of Eden is just like paradise. There's no good or evil. It's just it's just paradise. Well, it's all it's all good. no concepts. It's all good, but it's all good. Since there's no concept of evil, you don't really know what good is. Yes, and um, so as soon as they partake of the apple, they know what evil is. So they are. It means. That and that's what gives us free will. At yeah, that point. so it's the idea that they, they 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 know evil, so they can't be in the garden because the garden is all good. Mm-hmm. But the thing that benefits humanity is free now will. is free will, and the fact that we know evil from good means we can Choose. appreciate exactly good. But because in the we case know of evil. Prometheus and Promethean fire, so in Greek mythology, to sum it up, Prometheus gave fire. To yes. humans. And yeah, fire he, represents... He it's stole, not just fire. He didn't just give it. He stole it from he the gods. He stole fire from the gods. And yeah. he's a titan. Yeah. But but he's but, not... He, he is a nephew or he is a cousin of He's not like one of, of the Zeus. first titans. So he is... He is... He's a cousin of Zeus. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I don't remember which god... But anyways, which titan was his dad. So but. he gives humanity fire. He steals it. Mm-hmm. And fire, it's not just fire, which did, well, if you want to go back to the Stone Age, it did lead to technology, inevitably. It's, it's what he gives them. He gives them the knowledge. But it's technology. It's knowledge. It's, he gives them the knowledge of fire, which gives them the ability. So in the case with the lighthouse, when he peers into the light, and the reason Willem Dafoe's character was jerking off to it and like in love with it yeah, was because it was just pure knowledge incarnate like yeah so so also don't forget that uh prometheus in greek mythology well we're gonna he created man he created man or helped he helped create he man. sculpted yeah. man but I the gods wanted man to basically I, be dumbed down i don't remember which control. it was one of the goddesses that gave them life i don't remember which one it was i don't know that but when prometheus gave man fire humanity fire that allowed them to rebel against the gods. Yeah, and allowed them to become independent. And have free will. Yeah. Same thing with the Garden of Eden. Um, it's very similar. Um, but anyway, so when I believe, if you want to take it literally, when Robert Pattinson sees the light, he sees all knowledge. Okay, And yeah. his mind just melts. Um, Willem Dafoe, if you really want to take it, take it literally, he was Proteus. He was one of the gods. And it didn't affect him that much. He was in love with it, but he wasn't one of the gods protecting it from humanity, keeping it from getting into the hands of humanity. Yeah. And you could see 
basically you could see Robert Pattinson's character as both Prometheus and humanity. That makes sense, yeah. But another theory I have, which is way simpler, and <laughs> it was nothing. The light was just a light. It was just a regular lighthouse. Yeah, and so that, and they just went nuts from that cabin play, fever. That plays into going, another, getting drunk. Another, another theory, a theory that I uh, contemplated, I guess. Uh, yeah, is that so? From the moment in the movie where they missed the boat, mm-hmm. that everything from that point on is all in Robert Pattinson's head. Yeah, he's just he just it's all hallucinations and him going mad. Yeah. And well, there's one point in the movie where um, Willem Dafoe's character, Thomas Wake, says, maybe this is all a dream. That you're just trudging through the snow in Canada and you're imagining all this. Maybe I'm even oh. a figment of your imagination. Yeah. So I remember you, that. Yeah. You yeah. could I didn't say that. I, that could be it. Like maybe he's just going nuts in the forest and just imagining all this, which is basically makes the whole movie not real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is really r- weird to think about. But I love this. I wrote in all caps. Winslow looks into the light in one of the most horrific and shocking scenes of cinema where he loses his mind and screams with awful distortion. The door opens by itself. He saw all knowledge are and or an eldritch God or nothing. Who knows? Or nothing. Um, yeah, and I wrote that in all caps just to emphasize like how and, freaked out I was. And that's what I love about this movie is how confusing it is on what's actually. Why well, I love on. movies where like everyone can have like their own opinion on it on what happened, and it's all it, it's all feasible. Yeah. Um. So I wanna I pulled up some popular um theories. Okay. There's a lot of different theories. So, the popular one is the Promethean theory. We already talked about. Yeah, talked about that. Um, what the hell? No, I don't want you ads. So, in the scene... At, okay, this is from Mashable.com, okay? In the scene at the end, we're... N- yeah, so the scene at the end... Okay, cool. Good. Yeah. yeah. Good. 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 <laughs> secret thing going on Colin just showed scene. me a little secret. <laughs> little secrets were going on behind but the scene. in the scene at the end, when Ephraim finally gets to gaze into the lighthouse... The literal darkness of the black and white film is eradicated by its blinding light. It illuminates a face filled with mad relief, joy, and exhilaration. Like Ephraim finally... Ephraim finally found the answer to all the existential uncertainty he's faced on the rock. On the subject of the final sequence, man's hubris and light, Eggers told Vox, so the director said this, that he wrote Ephraim to represent the Greek mythological figure of Prometheus and Thomas as Proteus. So, yeah, he's, basically that's it. 
But he also says that, you know, you can take it any way you want. But if you take it really literally and has, as the film presents it, Winslow slash Thomas slash Robert Pattinson is Prometheus. Yeah. And because at the end, because in the tale of Prometheus, he gets punished by the gods. He is punished. And in Greek mythology, mythology, it's an eagle that plucks his liver. He takes forever. out his liver and then it regrows until he's rescued by Heracles. Yeah. Or in I, I actually it's learned, for a really long. This time. is something I interesting I learned and re- learned recently. Oh yeah. Um, Heracles. Or Hercules. Hercules, Hercules is Greek my- or is Roman mythology. Oh, is he? Yeah. In Greek, it's just Heracles. He's, well, it's different he's not, name. He's not Heracles or also known as Hercules. Hercules, Hercules so is the Roman version? Roman, if, if, if we're talking about Hercules, it is Roman mythology, not Greek mythology. So here comes the Same love. story, but like I didn't, so I didn't realize that. Here's the Lovecraft theory. Okay, yeah. If you want to take it in that sense. Um, so the tentacle creatures and sirens aka mermaids we see throughout mm-hmm. the movie indicate that the island could be home to the deep ones wow have you heard of them yes I'm aware of the deep ones ancient Lovecraftian sea gods who mate with humans to create entire hybrid species yeah I also have another theory so so like in Lovecraft there's two main like species well no talks about, or groups there's so the, okay wait wait, deep, wait 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 so you have the old ones. Well, the, the elder gods or whatever. The well, the elder ones. gods are separate. Are they separate from the old so ones? So the elder gods, you have this one guy called Nodens. And he's like a Greek god looking guy. He looks like a guy, like a human. Yeah. Okay. And that was that and then later. But the original ones are the old ones. Like the great yeah. old ones. That's Cthulhu. Those are the great old ones. Neorepletet. There's the elder gods and then there's the deep ones. Yeah. Those are well, the, the deep ones is like... And those are the three the like... Subspecies? It's really confusing, it's but those are the in, in Lovecraft. Those are the three basic groups that are discussed. Also, there's a lot of homoeroticism. Oh yeah, in the movie, it's oh, very yeah. obvious, and it's pretty okay. So Pattinson, this is what he said. It's pretty. It was pretty explicit in the script. The script said the lighthouse looked like an erect penis. <laughs> and there's many points in the movie where you see shapes like that and also where they're almost kissing each other. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But they almost kiss each other and then they get into a fist fight. So that shows that either they're in the closet in denial or they're just trying to kiss each other because they're so lonely. Yeah. There's no one else. And at that point, being there so long, they need someone to comfort them. Um, I also have a theory that the lighthouse itself... Yeah. The lighthouse itself is an Eldritch god. I can kind of believe and buy into that because so like a lot of the themes that go through the movie are very Lovecraftian, but there's the absence of an actual Eldritch god type mm-hmm. of being as it typically is in Lovecraft. Unless if you think of the lighthouse as one. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, I, I had not thought of that before. That's a good, that's a really good way of Well, it's like it. almost the foghorn is either calling to them or warning them. Yeah. 
Um, and at the point where he kills the seagull, and you see the um, compass up top. Yeah. Change because of the wind. Well, you could also argue maybe it's just changing because it's like pissed off or something. Maybe. Yeah. Um, we don't really know. Yeah. Um, we still have more questions to answer in this movie. And I don't know if we'll have a definite answer, but I do think the Promethean mythology to it really makes sense. I'll have to watch it again. To yeah. Really if you watch stuff. it again, let me know, because I might watch it with you again. Totally, yeah. So we can talk about it and stuff together. And that'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You. Maybe we'll do a side episode of us just watching it. Like a commentary or something? Yeah. Won't be a full episode. It won't be a, a main episode. It'll be a no. It'd be like a middle of the week. Middle of the week. Yeah. Surprise episode. Surprise episode. Woo! Type of thing. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Maybe. No promises. So, what would you rate this movie out of ten? Ten out of ten. Wow. This I've never get, heard you give anything ten out of ten. This is. I'm not joking when I say this. Possibly. You're not one, joking. This is possibly. You're one, not just doing this. No, no, this is not just for my, you know, sick sense of humor. This is, uh, honestly, this is possibly one of my favorite movies now. Oh. It is. Yeah, this is one of my favorite movies ever now. This is up there with Jaws. This is up there with The Shining. Shining, Um, uh, Train Spotting. Yeah, Train Spotting. It's up there with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Saving Private Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good movie. I watched that the other night, actually, Monty Python. I watch that every once in a while. I just have to. You just have to. I don't watch it tonight. I honestly didn't even pay much attention last time I was watching it. I was and just, I just put it on because I was like, you know, what? it's time for some. You Monty mentioned Python. off recording that you have Monty Python flux. Yes, and maybe when we play that, we'll record that because that maybe. sounds amazing. Yeah, we have to be. If we record that, we have to be very vocal about what our cards are. Of course, because it's a, it's a little bit visual. Well, when when you're recording Probably, anything. But yeah, that that um, could be that could be pretty fun. I think you would get a kick out of that. It's pretty fun. <laughs> a lot um, of good references. So I think, and yeah, I would give it a ten out of ten as well. It's a yeah. great movie. Highly recommended. If you're any, if even if you don't like scary movies or creepy movies, see it. If you're like any kind of cinephile, <laughs> if you okay, film junkie, whatever you want to yeah. call it, movie junkie. If you love movies, yeah, because see it, this. This movie is a work of art. Every shot is like a painting. It's intentional. It is really well it's great. filmed. Um, just know what you're getting into. It is just, a freaky. Well, we movie. let you know what you're getting into. Yeah, it it's is, very freaky. It is it's a weird. freaky movie. So, but, but uh, if um, you like films, watch it's definitely it. not a movie I would want to see all the time. No, definitely not. But it's also a movie I would want to see every once in a while. Every once in a while, yeah, because it is just that good. Because, yeah, it's it's a hard movie to watch sometimes, but it is really just that good. What? Oh, yeah. So, that's it. All that's right. That's it for the All Drunk Podcast. We'll see you <laughs> next week. See you next week. Here you go. Hark! <laughs> It's the Odd Drunk Podcast with Jackson and Bolton. Sometimes Chris and Bolton.